time for Twit this week in tech. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the chief Twit. I'm the chief Twit now, and joining me, we're Philip Elmer DeWitt from PED3O.com, Devendra Hardwar from Engadget, and from our own Floss Weekly in the Linux Journal and many places, Doc Searles, lots to talk about. Elon, what's going on at Twitter? Apple's incredible earnings. Is Here's an interesting question I want to ask these guys. Do you think the tech market is dumping just because they did so much in COVID and now it's a recovery? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll talk about that. Uh, plus an RIP for a legend in computing that nobody's ever heard of. But we will make sure you've heard of her when we do the show next on Twit. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit, This Week in Tech, episode 899, recorded Sunday, October 30th, 2022. It's only fleas. This Week in Tech is brought to you by 8 Sleep. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer, and the pod is the ultimate sleep machine. Go to 8sleep.com slash twit to check out the pod and save $150 at checkout. 8 Sleep currently ships within the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and select countries in the EU and Australia. And by Wealthfront. Visit Wealthfront.com slash twit to get started and get your free $50 bonus with an initial deposit of $500. That's Wealthfront.com slash twit. And by ExpressVPN. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online and protect your online activity with ExpressVPN. Find out how you can get three extra months free with a one-year package when you go to expressvpn.com slash twit. And by Melissa. Poor data quality can cost organizations an average of $15 million every year. Make sure your customer contact data is up to date. Get started today with 1,000 records cleaned for free at melissa.com slash twit. It's time for Twit. Yes, we're still called Twit, believe it or not. The show where we cover the week's tech news and have been since 2005. This is episode 899, 900th episode coming up soon as we uh, continue our celebration of almost 18 years as a podcast. And you know what? I've known you guys for almost all that time. Let's say hello to Doc Searles. He is the hey, host... Man. Of the Floss Weekly Show, our free Libre and open source software show. I've known Doc forever and ever, the author of the co author of the Clue Train Manifesto, one of the smartest guys out there, doc.searles.com. <laughs> Great to see you, Doc. Good to see you too. I uh, think my reputation exceeds me if uh, you put it that way. But <laughs> oh, no, no. And I've been Great trying to, to get here. you on the show for some time, but our schedules have not worked. But I'm yeah. so glad, I'm so glad uh, to have me too. you here. Um, Great to have you. We, you were the first person I called when we thought we need we need to get some uh, get some uh, host on Floss Weekly, and you were the first person I called. And you have taken that show to the next <laughs> level with some of the best guests ever, uh, talking about the most important topics in open source. We've got a few today, as a matter of fact. But I also want to yeah. say hello to Devendra Hardwar. He's a senior editor at Engadget, also longtime Twit. I can't say Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. Twi- Twit guy. 
<laughs> I, I will say also longer time listener too because i do remember when you started this whole thing leo because i was coming off of being a fan of you on twitch tv Thanks. and every and the tech tv and everything so you, you always mention uh, that and you make me blush I follow the journey. time you also yeah. make me i also want to say old. it is uh yeah it is also nice to feel like the youngin in a discussion once again because <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting that anymore not not an engadget <laughs> anymore no there's a lot yeah. of you know this was they always said you know when the cops seem like they're younger than you then you know you're old, and it's the cops are like they're like teenagers. Who are these people? Oh yeah, absolutely. They're teenagers now. Uh, he is a teenager in spirit, Mister Philip Elmer Dewitt, wearing his Kangol cap because he's so hip. Ped thirty dot com. Because I'm so bald. <laughs> Keeping the head warm. He is uh, just down the road from my mom. So uh, wave at her in Cranston. Uh, good to good to have you on uh, the show again. Great, great to see you. Yeah, great to see you. I think Philip's been on our show since you were with Fortune. I think, um, even, uh, maybe prob- before yeah, that. Even, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Not, I don't think we did it when I was at Time. I feel like we did, but maybe not. You know, it's easy to go, easy to find out when you go to twit TV. Twit TV. <laughs> uh, you can search for somebody's name. Uh, oops! I, if you do it right, you can search for somebody. There we go. Get in the search, Elmer. I love this feature, by the way. And or and then you'll find yeah. them. You click their name, and then this is the feature: view appearances. So I can see every time you've appeared on our Ooh. show. By the way, the database is churning, so it's been <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a while here. Let's let's go back in time. I can find your first appearance was 2014. No, that doesn't seem right, but maybe so. Eight years. Oh, and look who was on with you. Nilay Patel. I don't know who that other guy is. What a great piece he wrote about, <laughs> about moderation. Okay, let's talk about that. That was the best piece, wasn't it? Welcome mm-hmm. to hell, Elon. Uh, I think, I mean, many, many things have been written about Elon Musk uh, buying Twitter. Who would have thought that, by the way, six months ago? <laughs> <laughs> he fought it tooth and nail. He did not want to buy Twitter, right? Well, his joke well, went too far. Well, he did, and then yeah. changed his mind. Yeah. Well, he did, yeah. bre- like, like for five minutes, agreed to it without any due diligence. And then almost instantly, back in April, was writing his lawyer saying, can we hold off on this? Uh, that His excuse then was Putin's going to speak, and I don't want to own Twitter during World War III. <laughs> This is what happens when the troll faces their consequences. It's, yeah. uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. But I think maybe even Elon underestimated uh, the consequences. And now that he owns Twitter, it's going to it's going to get real, as the kids say. Neil's uh, piece, "Welcome to Hell," Elon subtitled, "You break it, you buy it, and uh, you effed up real good, kiddo." Twitter is I'm reading. Twitter is a disaster yeah. clown car company that is successful despite itself, and this is the salient point, and there is no possible way to grow users and revenue without making a series of enormous compromises that will ultimately destroy your reputation and possibly cause grievous damage to your other companies. And that's just the first paragraph. <laughs> yeah, read, read the bit about moderation. Um, yeah, because I think he, he makes the really excellent point. People think, oh, and I think Elon thinks, based on his immediate actions, that the product of Twitter is code or engineering or even the users. Uh, Nilai says, the essential truth of every social network is the product. The product is content 
moderation. Whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, the, you have people's posts, but it's how you control it, moderate it, offer it up to the users. That's what you're getting from Twitter. And he says, and every, and this is important, everyone hates the people who decide how content moderation works. It's a no win. Content moderation is what Twitter makes. It is the thing that defines the user experience. It's what YouTube makes. It's what Instagram makes. It's what TikTok makes. They all try to incentivize good stuff, disincentivize bad stuff, and delete the really bad stuff. Uh, he says, that's the business you're in now, Elon. The longer you fight it or pretend that you can sell something else, the more Twitter will drag you into the deepest possible muck of defending indefensible speech. And if you turn on a dime and accept that growth requires aggressive content moderation and pushing back against government speech regulations around the country. And by the way, and he makes this point really important, not just the U.S., around the world. Elon's got big business in China with Tesla. Is he going to listen to Chinese regulators about Twitter? He is. Uh, we'll see how your fans react when you do that. Anyway, anyhow, anywho, writes Nilan, well, uh, Nilay, <laughs> welcome to hell. This was your idea. <laughs> Philip, what do you think? Well, first of all, um, he's right about content moderation. I, I've done it uh, four or five different venues. This one, I solved it by requiring people to pay you know you're, you you nailed it when we our discord which is for club only we don't have to moderate at all there are no moderators because people pay because, for because right and also uh, only real names with a few exceptions um you know because I, we don't do that i don't need to do that uh, i don't think i just the fact that somebody paid seven bucks to be there it doesn't have to it's one buck wouldn't matter it just does a little bit just a little yep. bit yep Yep. My other thought is he, uh, Musk is often compared to Steve Jobs. I hear that a lot. And and what the thing about Steve Jobs is he was such an <laughs> when he was first at Apple. And and then he got pushed out. And then, you know, he was out in the desert for a long time and he learned a lot. And by the time he came back to Apple, having, you know, failed at Next, uh, he was a different person and he was he was brilliant, and we were all we were all the benefits of what Steve Jobs did after he learned the big lesson. Well, Musk hasn't learned anything that I can tell, except you know he makes good products, and he knows how to take on big challenges and how to attract talent and that kind of stuff. But but I think Twit may be his Waterloo. Or Twitter, his please. <laughs> Twitter, it's Twitter. begun already. I'm yeah. the chief Twit now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, this 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 seems insolvable. What he's up against. Just, yeah, that was Neil's like, point. Is you can't win. This. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He's stuck. Uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if what comes out of this and if he comes out of it. Uh, he's got a lot at stake. All the, all you know, he may be the richest guy in the world, but that can go really quickly. There was there the go. best, I would say, the best uh, Steve Jobs biography is not the Walter Isaacson, although it's right. worth reading. But the the one that talks about how Steve changed after getting kicked out of Apple, and I'm trying to remember yeah. who, who wrote that, but it was um, easily the best one. 
I have it right yeah, on Yeah, he was a fortune guy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh and and that was to me that was the most interesting story was that you could take a guy who really you're right was a jerk and uh became somebody much better. He Brett, is called be- uh, Brett Slender. Brett Slender and Rick Tetzelli, who yeah. I think were Weren't they at the Seattle Times? Anyway, Becoming Steve Jobs, The Evolution of a Reckless Upstart into a Visionary Leader. Even uh, though there, there's still so many stories of him being an asshole after that. Just, oh, he didn't stop. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way... He's the more successful one, I guess. In yeah. a way, Steve has given permission to a whole <laughs> series yeah, of, absolutely. of famous yeah. uh, terrible leaders. Or maybe, I often wonder this, they've always been that way. Edison was an ass. Mm-hmm. Henry Ford was the worst, but it's, they didn't it's have the Twitter. like myth of genius. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they didn't have Twitter. We didn't know. Uh, we really know now about our our guys. So Devendra, um, are you going to leave Twitter? You know, I I've certainly been thinking about it. I was a Twitter Blue subscriber, and I'm no longer that because I don't want to give Elon any money. Um, but this is. This is kind of a sad story. You know, this whole thing. First of all, I was championing this uh, Neelai piece because I feel like it channeled all the rage I'm feeling and a lot of other people are feeling. I could I could almost like see him like writing that uh, with pure rage fuel uh, because everything he's saying is absolutely true. I think normally I would um, I would kind of embrace watching Elon just kind of uh, drown himself in a really bad decision. But at the same time, I think Twitter is so it, it is my favorite social network. It's such an essential part of the way I use the internet. It is terribly sad to see it kind of go down this way because we're seeing the effects of what's happening now. Uh, immediately, a lot of people who were banned and kicked off were were kind of welcomed back onto Twitter. Is that true? Because um, I know that Kyle uh, Rittenhouse has reactivated his account. Oh and has God! Been very public about like the worst things of the like worst. That. A murderer and, who got yeah. away with murder. Yep. And, uh, and now is seeing- championed championed as is a total celebrity uh for for many folks uh but also the rise of hate speech like incredible rise of hate speech like people are just like out there celebrating this and it, it's sad to see because i think when i started using the internet in the mid 90s like i've always envisioned like having direct access to everything happening in the world and i feel like twitter is the most uh kind of like most successful uh product that can give us that that can connect me with people instantly even if i don't know them it is so much more public facing than facebook or anything else and it's it's going to die. It's going to die because of one billionaire's toilet tweet decision, basically, to, to, to buy this thing. Like, oh, wouldn't this be funny? Um, it's, it's maddening. It's infuriating. There was some debate about whether Kanye got his, his account was never kicked off. He just was silenced. Yeah. And it was I a think, temporary ban, yeah, a temporary I, suspension. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. And, and Elon says I had nothing to do with that. But yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse, by the way, look at this guy's, uh, this is a terrifying uh, profile picture of him with an automatic rifle sitting in a helicopter looking out the the door the open door apparently ready to to take you know action against anybody he disagrees with and his banner is uh, him actually shooting out that door with the american flag behind him that is not a guy you want to celebrate uh, not at all <sighs> and uh, so that's scary but i on the other hand i have i'm still a twitter blue pay, payer and i'm i'm withholding judgment i, w- I want to give I don't know. I want to give it a chance. I, I like you. I don't want to lose Twitter. I le- I've yeah. left and come back a couple of times because Twitter has always been a bit of a cesspool. But there is such a value to it. Uh, as a, When Queen Elizabeth passed away, mm-hmm. her family, 
normally what was supposed to happen is the BBC would play somber music and do an announcement. Uh, then they put an announcement on the palace gates. No, it was a tweet. The family tweeted it before the BBC, before anybody. I mean, that's sh- in a nutshell kind of Twitter's not the town square, but it has it's there's what is it, Doc, about Twitter that's important? Yeah, Twitter's a news router. Um, that's mm-hmm. basically the, the biggest function of it. Uh, I'm not going to leave it. Um, I'm pleased enough with it there. The angle on, on Elon, I haven't heard, I haven't read much about yet, is that this is his first acquisition. You know, he, he kind of built, you know, Tesla from the ground up. He built uh, SpaceX from the ground up, Starlink. No, he acquired um, both. He acquired uh, Tesla. He acquired Tesla. He acquired yeah. Tesla. He acquired Tesla. Yeah, but still, it you know, wasn't I mean, it, it's the Tesla we know today. It was. It wasn't the Tesla we know yeah. today, and and I mean, I, I give a giant hats off to him for the for the original stuff that he's done with those with those companies. Um, and I agree that he he kind of bought this thing on a lark. I mean, and 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 got stuck with it. And I agree with everything Nilay says as well. I think there's the, the odds are really against them making it work. I actually wonder whether social media as we know it now is already kind of stale. It's pretty damaged, um, isn't it? I mean, it's really, it's really old. It's old stuff, and and I'm not sure the new stuff that we really want or need is here yet either. So, mm-hmm. um, we're, I, you know, the older I get, the earlier it seems. And we've only had the internet in its current form, where it's commercial, the commercial internet, since really April 30th of 1995. That's 27 years ago. What happened not on April long. 30th and night? I know, but <laughs> the, tell the, the NSF. Folks. Yeah, the NSF, uh, the NSF net shut down. It was the one so of the, the internet was originally internet. funded by the yeah. U.S. government and run by the National Science Foundation in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, the National Science Foundation. Yeah, it's all yours. In the they pre- said that they had an acceptable use policy, that AUP they exactly. call it, the acceptable use policy, and 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 it forbid commercial activity. There was some commercial activity. They weren't able to police it or anything. But as soon as that went down, Amazon explodes, eBay explodes, ISPs everywhere. You know, it was just suddenly we had the beginning formation of what we have now. It's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. we entered the, you know, a, a geologic era where life exploded. And that's the, <laughs> the, what, the Cambrian 27 years, a Cambrian yeah. explosion. Yeah. I, was I mean, I remember the dinosaur days of the web. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you remember I, when we were all microbes, you know, but, <laughs> but, um, but I, I, I have to say, I mean, I, I have very mixed feelings about Twitter in a way because um, I was a very active blogger and, um, and an early blogger, and I had up to 50,000 readers a day on my blog, and Twitter came along, Facebook came along. It was down to dozens in about a year. I, and, so yeah. you didn't and stop. Everybody See, for went me, over. I stopped yeah. blogging because I, I got that itch scratched by Twitter. You didn't stop blogging. Yeah. Your readers stopped reading. Mm. Yeah, and, and my companions, if you look at my old blog, it's still up. Uh, it's in a slightly different URL, but it's there. It's preserved. Um there's a blog roll. Everybody had a blog roll on the right. It was it was a social network, but it was a really small one, you know. And um, yeah, that's right. Every blog, most of those people to other are, blogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we cross, you know, we cross pollinated a lot. That's not the one that the one that's showing. This is up your right Harvard. Now. This is your Harvard blog. What? Where's this? The, is the one that's host, hosted at Harvard? I wouldn't yeah. call it a Harvard blog, but it is. It's it's been hosted there. Um, I moved there after from the other one. I'll put the other one in. The, there's a link in there. So this is just your general web page. <laughs> yeah, that's, this is the, by the way the nothing. Part of the problem. You that's, and I that, and everybody is, has 800 different places. So. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is that that's a, if you could just go to Searles.com. Yeah, th- that HTML has been there since 1995. You know, it looks like it. Yeah, 
Yep. It looks like that's what it is. I mean, it's the the yeah. art is is new. It was drawn by a friend a few years ago, but I, th- I think it's weblog.surls.com. That's the short short link to it. Mm-hmm. But there's a blog roll on that, and most I of the people, a, a couple, of, yeah, some of them are still there, but most of them left, and most of them um, went to Facebook and Twitter. And there's some brilliant people writing now on Facebook, and it's all what I call snow on the water. It all kind of floats down, hits the water, and is gone. And and um, I just think it's a lousy way for people to be smart and mm-hmm. there have mm-hmm. to be better ways. And Twitter fills a, a an essential role, I think for, as, as a news router, Yeah, you know, and yeah. people call it a cesspool, but you know, I, I follow 5,000 people on Twitter. I see no politics because they don't respond to any, <laughs> you know? So, so by not responding to politics and not playing politics, not doing any political blogging, I mean, I, I mean, uh, tweeting, I kind of relieve myself of that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that way, the way, you know, following works. And, but having followers people that, can, can be a cesspool, right? Like, I, I think that's the ultimate thing. And yeah. the argument with Twitter was that they just did a bad job with moderation for a very long time. Um, but to what you guys were talking about, I think the best response I've seen to this is so many people saying like, we got to go back to the old ways of the old web, you know, like re- rebuild my blog, rebuild my website or something because Twitter f- fulfilled this like instant gratification, you know, before you'd make a blog post and maybe occasionally you'd look at your traffic and be like, Oh, 50 people read that today. That's interesting. And you move on with your life uh, with Twitter. It's just like instantly you could see what's happening. And that was too addictive for too many of us. Well, blogging has been taken over to some degree by Substack and, mm-hmm. and by, by newsletters in general. But my problem there is that what I love about writing a blog is that, oh, geez, I want to change that. I can change it with, with Substack or any of the newsletter uh, outfits. It's already gone out the way it is, and you can't go back and correct it. You know? So that one is sitting in people's mailboxes. So I, but it's, and I kind of, I, I just hate that it's in yet somebody else's silo again. You know, mm-hmm. Substack mm-hmm. is another centralized system. And uh, Brian Bellendorf, who's been a, a guest a couple of times on, on Floss Weekly, um, uh, talks about what he calls minimum viable centralization. I think that's really the best way to look at it, you know, and maybe we'll always have that kind of centralization for something. What about um, uh, the open source alternatives? Uh, we had uh, Rabble on um, on Wednesday on This Week in Google. He was Jack Dorsey's boss when Twitter started. Uh, he was the lead engineer on Odeo, which is Ev Williams' podcast directory that he shut down to start Twitter. Uh, Drabble talked a lot about the history of Twitter. In fact, one of the things he told us, you should get him on Floss Weekly, one of the things he told us is uh, <laughs> that in the early days, the SSH password for Twitter was the company name in the year it started. <laughs> on all... <laughs> Of Twitter, so you yeah. got, you could get root on anything. Um, he said they had no no security at all. But he has started or participating now in something called Scuttlebutt, which is an open source. There are actually several open source attempts to create some sort of decentralized social network. Scuttlebutt.nz is one of them. Is uh, is, is that uh, Jack Dorsey's? No, then that's one. Blue Sky, which is now Blue taking, Sky, right. and I've applied, but I haven't been accepted yet, taking a beta mm-hmm. testers uh, for some sort of decentralized net. Jack, wisely, before he left as CEO of Twitter, funded that to the tune of $15 million uh, irrevocably. Uh, so that's enough money for them to keep going, I think, with or without Elon's support. I doubt Elon 
even knows about him about it or cares. There's also Mastodon, and we have a very, I think, a great Mastodon instance um, that I actually have some hopes for because ever since Elon bought Twitter in the last three days, uh, we've had hundreds of new people join, and I think that's true for all the Mastodon uh, mm-hmm. instances. This is a federated, it's actually not using, there's no Mastodon protocol, it's using ActivityPub. Uh, to make a Twitter-like clone. There are other ActivityPub users like PixelFed, Pleroma, uh, and and you can follow anybody on any of these servers on any other server. You join one server, ours is twit.social, and uh, then you can follow anybody on anybody else's server. What about something like that? Uh, some mm-hmm. sort of, That's what Blue Sky is intended to be, is some sort of federated thing. The one thing that uh, Rabble said was that's missing from Mastodon is portability. So the way Scuttlebutt works, you have a key, uh, basically a public key you can bring anywhere, a private and public key pair that you can bring anywhere, and and your entire persona moves there. Uh, Mastodon's a little harder to migrate. Uh, what about that stock as a as a possible I, solution? I, you know, I've, I've I've tried Mastodon several times, and and every time I I, I mean it, it's great. Here's the problem: every one of us has a pie chart in our life, which is the time that we have, and. <laughs> Is that a pie chart you know, or a bar chart or oh, it's, maybe it's, a line graph? You know, it's a pie chart where a, th- where a quarter of it or to a third of it is sleep, you know, and the yeah. rest of it is, is obligations. And um, yeah. and those of us who are already writers and writing, they're obligated to do things. They have other things they're doing. Like I do Floss Weekly. There's other things I do. It's like how, how, how much can we split up our time, you know? So um, – Twitter actually doesn't take up much of my time. It's actually, again, it's just something I kind of look at for some stuff. And if it's there, it's it is there. It's not, it's not. Um, uh, Dave Weiner just created a new thing called Feedland, which I advise people to look at. Um, Dave has yeah, always been really a cool. pioneer in all of this. He's a huge pioneer. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. a guy we owe uh, a Blogger. debt of gratitude for uh, for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but but he created RSS. He was the one who added uh, binary attachments to RSS that made pos- podcasting possible in yeah. 2000. Every podcaster needs a little yeah. shrine to him, just in a corner yeah. somewhere. Yeah, you know? yeah. Every, it's everybody. at feedland.org. Feedland.org. So he's, he, one of the things Dave does, which is great, is he's always starting little experiments. And I've actually participated in quite a quite a few of these. I haven't seen Feedland yet. Let's go see. Uh, please mm-hmm. sign on. Oh, of course... And this is unfortunate, but Dave does this with Twitter. Sign on with Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave always does it, that. He's always it's done easy. That. It's easy, and I'm yeah. sure it's easy for him. It's using OAuth, so it's fine. It's yeah, it's an OAuth yeah. hack. Uh, mm-hmm. So subscribe to a few feeds to get started. Okay, uh, he just added without me knowing 44 new feeds. Okay, that's good. I'll, I'll join. So is this a Twitter? What is? Oh, look, this yeah. is a RSS feeds. Yeah, it's all RSS feeds. So I and do. RSS I follow been, something called yeah. Sumi.news. It's very similar. I wonder if Dave knows about it. Same idea. You add RSS feeds, then you have a web page with stories in it. So this is an interesting. He's added some yeah, really good and ones. He's had a little cabal of people working on it. I'm, I'm not working on it, but just sort of testing it out. I'm one of them. Um, and uh, something, I don't, I don't think Dave is also like the father of outlining online. And mm. he did OPML. OPML is what this runs on. But... When he had something called more, which some of us remember very fondly very on the well. back, back yeah. at the yeah. turn of the 80s and 90s, um, that was really the first outliner that turned into a presentation. And in some ways, uh, persuasion and PowerPoint knocked it off. 
So he's one of the fathers of, of, you know, presentations as we know them as well. So that's, you know, these, all these, it all kind of fits together. There's no doubt. There's a <laughs> lot of ideas. Uh, there's a lot of creativity, but there's, they're all lacking the network effect. Mm-hmm. Right? Can that's, you? That's a Mastodon problem too, right? right? Because it's it's there. It's been around for a while. I know pockets of people who are testing it out, but it's not it's not like at a global scale in a way that I think is as addictive as Twitter was. It's also really confusing, even like from when you first sign on. Like, what am I? I'm making a name for a specific Mastodon in another <laughs> yeah. way, but I could talk to people on other Mastodons. Oh, yeah. What's happening? This is I don't. The, this is I don't the problem it. with Scuttlebutt uh, as well. It's yeah. even more confusing. Uh, uh, Twitter works. It, that's the problem is that you're making mm-hmm. solutions to something that that continues to work. Now, if Twitter doesn't work down the road, and I think people are concerned about that. I saw Annie Lamott, uh, really, I thought of great tweet. She's the novelist. She said, I'd miss Twitter so much if for some reason we had to walk away. My Twitter people are so good, brilliant, and funny, and the pundits I follow are how I make sense of the chaos, and I'm uplifted by their insight and great humor. So I'm going to assume... We can work this out. She's not leaving. Shonda Rhimes quit, though. A lot of people are quitting. I'm not quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we. I think we the all nice, hope nice it won't about, become a hellscape. Go ahead, Phil. Well, I, I thought that quote. You know that he let's let's not let it become a hellscape. Where has he been? It is a hellscape, depending mm-hmm. on on how you filter it. Uh, before we leave Elon, I wanted to talk a little bit about his motivation. Um, I think it was a little bit more than a toilet tweet. Uh, I've been reading a lot of history lately. I I think someone told me that as you get old, you stop reading fiction and you start reading history to try (laughs) to figure out where, where you fit in. Um, And he, he, the, the princes of the middle ages were always looking for ways to project power. Uh, And for like Mm -hmm. Edward the third, when he conquered Wales was to build these horrible, ugly, castles all the way down the coast or um you know in the in the renaissance you would get a michelangelo or a da vinci to paint your portrait yeah famously venice if you travel the uh, adriatic and the aegean you'll see all these venetian fortifications as venice extended their power out yeah they were bad the venetians yeah yeah. Uh, anyway (laughs) he's like a modern prince he's the he's the you know richest guy in the world he's he's uh you know, how do you project your power if you're in the digital world? You buy the biggest thing you can get your hand on. And, and you know, he, he claims it's too important. Uh, he wants it because he wants to save the medium to save humanity. Uh, well, as Neelai points out, he's got a few things to learn. Anyway, mm-hmm. I do think it's uh, – it, there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of I've got the money. I can do it. I'm going to do it. I also count that as toilet tweeting, though. Like, just surely, <laughs> oh, this is a good idea. Like, what? Are, I think for many people, your best thinking is done on the toilet. You know, you're just away from everybody. No <laughs> for me, it's the shower, uh, but okay. You know, close. sure. Yeah, what, what, whatever works. But <laughs> yeah. that is a good point because uh, Elon's cars are taking over the roads. The Starlink uh, satellites are destroying our skies, right? And bad for astronomers <laughs> and everything. So, yeah, there's there, he his influence is far-reaching and everywhere, and Twitter just seems like the the easiest way to like take over the conversation he's not born in the u.s so he can't become president yeah and you might argue that being the owner of twitter might be more powerful than the president he is a national security risk yeah yeah he is going to face a lot of trouble overseas though the eu china india 
uh, all are going to say, no, no, uh, this is what we this is what we want Twitter to be. And mm-hmm. they have some clout because Elon has other businesses. That's some of Neil's point is that Elon, for instance, the Chinese are very important to Tesla. They build them there. They sell a lot of them there. He says if the Chinese government says to Elon, you know, we don't want you banning our propaganda arms. They won't call them that. Uh, what is Elon going to do? Is he going to give up his business in China? No, he's going to kowtow. Just, by the way, just like Apple does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably told me that Someone told me that the Chinese leadership think of Apple as a Chinese company. Yeah. And they're not Not surprising. Uh, any, so China's not going to invade the U.S. I mean, people are so worried about TikTok and <laughs> China's not going to send nukes to the U.S. That's, that's the silly. They want soft power. Uh, that's, they're masters of this. So much like Elon, they want to build influence. They do it economically. Mm-hmm. They might, they might want Taiwan. Well, I know they want Taiwan. Yeah, yeah they want And Taiwan. so watch closely because you'll know that's imminent if you start seeing tweets and TikToks that are in some way insinuating that Taiwan has always been China. It's always been a part of China. It's a culturally, same thing Putin said about Ukraine, rather. It's culturally and, and, and ancestrally a part of the Chinese uh, mainland. And, you know, we just want to, we just want to bring them back into the fold. If you start seeing a lot mm-hmm. of that on Twitter, uh, then maybe that's the answer. I think, I think that's a thing most most people have no clue about. By the way, like I'm not, I'm no expert on Taiwanese history, but I have gone there a lot because of Computex, which is a thing that still happens and was a is a very important uh, you know event. But they do the the air drills every time we're there, and it's a terrifying reminder of like, oh yeah, China could could at any second just be like, you're mine again. And it would be hell for everybody in Taiwan. So, well, yeah, it's worse it's than right. that. Uh, you know, I think in the seventies, the United States ended the mutual support treaty with Taiwan because mm-hmm. it was obvious that we weren't going to send troops and launch bombs if China invaded Taiwan. But of late, President Biden has twice now said, "Oh no, we'll send troops." Uh, that's a so it's more than just something between Taiwan and China. Oh, absolutely. That's World yeah. War III. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a terrifying prospect in the U.S. The question to me is, and this is the interesting thing you both raised, is Elon interested in political power, in which case he doesn't care if it makes money? Or is he a businessman first, and his primary interest is getting that $44 billion back? <laughs> Historically, he hasn't been to that great a, of a businessman, you yeah, know? Yeah. I don't know. He's a, he's a libertarian. He, you know, he... Mm-hmm. he that's that's basically where he comes from. He wants us good for business, and um, you know, the, that's pretty much his deal. I'm, I don't think he wants more than that. Is he yeah. now uh, completely uh, accepted the ownership? He fought it tooth and nail, and I think only decided to complete the deal when it looked like you were going to go to court, and he was going to be forced to yeah. uh, to be deposed, and then there'll be discovery, and it was starting to look bad. Uh, I think you could say he was he was forced into this purchase, but now yeah, maybe himself. he's he's kind of recognizing. <laughs> okay, well maybe it's not such a bad thing. I I, I predict he's going to be out of it before the end of the. He well, won't be. He'll appoint a CEO. He's kind of into. Or he'll he'll, or he'll sell it or sell he'll it. Get out of it. Here's yeah. my thought. Maybe if he is a businessman, polish the turd as best you can, <laughs> and you'll see a lot yeah. of action in that direction, and then IPO. 
And he knows probably in his heart, I'm not getting my 44 bill. But if he IPOs, by the way, he can maintain control if he does what most founders these days do and have super voting shares. He can have his cake and eat it too. He can still have Twitter as a personal possession to some degree. But also, Philip, you, I know you're all over the stock market. Uh, uh, you, that's a lot of what your website, PD30, is all about, Apple investors and invest, investing. Does that sound like something that could happen? Well, first, it's not anything that, that Tim Cook would do. Um, we're, <laughs> well, we're not, talk, we're not okay. talking about a, a grown-up company <laughs> like Apple. Yeah. Apple's a different beast. Oh, sure. Um, we're going to talk about Apple's quarter, by the way, in a little bit. So. Yeah, that, that's actually the big news. But we can keep talking about Twitter. Yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I mean, this is all inconsequential, and sort of. It might be politically consequential. No, no. I think it, it's not that it isn't important. Um, the for me, what happened uh, to the tech companies this week, excluding Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Was was remarkable. Well, we're going um, to definitely we'll get to talk it. about that for people who are going. Again with the Elon. I'm sorry. This is a big story. This really is a story. And I didn't even mention the fact that he stole my handle. That's I'm not even, I'm not going there. I'm not going to go there. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I am not quitting Twitter. I still pay my five bucks to uh, for Twitter Blue. I will watch with interest. I will, I'm crossing my fingers that Twitter becomes even better and more useful. It certainly is useful today. Uh, that he doesn't, you know, take it down uh, strange and weird roads. He's not it's not looking good so far. There's a great site, by the way. I just want to mention. So one of the one there's so many rumors swirling around. One is, you know, remember he fired Parag Agrawal, the uh, Agrawal, the CEO. He fired the CFO. He fired the chief counsel, and maybe even most importantly, fired the woman in charge of trust and safety. The mm -hmm. uh, there is a rumor floating around. Uh, we know at least that Agrawal uh, had a $40 million golden parachute. The rumor is floating around now that he is claiming that he fired them for cause and they will deny them uh, any severance, which would be wow. There's also rumor going around that there, he wants to fire a lot of people before November 1st. November 1st is a day, day after tomorrow, right? No, Tuesday, Wednesday is a deadline. That's when stock uh, options are typically offered, and he wants to cut that off and get people out of there. And in order to do that, he's looking to fire people for cause because he's asked everybody, initially asked them, all the coders, to print out everything you've done in the last 30 to 60 days. <laughs> Because I would like to review it. He brought in Tesla engineers. We were told, again, it's hard to confirm any of this. I'm, so a lot of what I'm saying might just be rumor. Uh, then he said, no, no, you don't have to print it out. You can show it on the screen. Reasonably, you're not going to be able to look at this code, walk in the door, look at the code and say, that's good code, that's bad code. But you could perhaps <laughs> walk in the door saying, oh, you're producing, especially in the last 30 or 60 days when everything has been up in the air. Uh, when you're not producing, and maybe he can use this as a way to fire people for cause and save himself a pocket of money. This is a comedy site, elonCodeReview.com. Print your code for review by Elon Musk. Most codes reviewed in GitHub, GitLab, or somewhere online, but that's too efficient. Why not print out your code and submit the printout by fax for review by Elon personally? I'm just curious. i got to watch the video on this. They've made they made a video. 
Oh, it's a Rick roll. Never uh, mind. Uh, 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 they got, you. They they got, got you. me. Uh, get six months free. No fuss way to review your code. Print your code. Fax, you can show it again. I, I got rid of uh, Aston. Fax your printouts. Wait for the mailman. Send your code to space. Uh, all code reviews merged after review by Elon Musk are automatically reprinted and send to space aboard a SpaceX rocket. Enterprise plan only. Get printing today. Get six months free. And by the way, Here's some tweets from happy developers. <laughs> it used to take me forever to get my code reviewed. Since Friday, I've been printing it all out and getting Elon to look at it. And my God, it's been amazing. And, oh, you might want to check the pricing. <laughs> <laughs> Starter is $15 billion, $44 billion for the tweet level, $120 billion for the enterprise plan. So that's everybody's having a good laugh at Elon's expense. Well, well, did he actually ask to see the code? Well, that was a report. True again. That was a report. Yeah, these are all reports. Uh, I don't know reports from reputable sources, but mm -hmm. but Devendra, I don't know. Have you tried to vet any of this? I mean, I did. It's not my beat. So that's Carissa Bella and Gadget who deals with social media stuff. But you know, it was Casey Newton who reported this, and uh, there could have been Casey's pretty reliable. Right? He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good man. I can't read his stuff anymore because uh, it's $100 a year. <laughs> Who can afford that? I can't afford platformer. So uh, just uh, just only read the first paragraph of everything he posts. <laughs> uh, but he's good. He's good. He's one of the one of the good guys who uh, pursued a uh, you know a career as a newsletter writer, and I'm sure is doing very well. Uh, yeah, and he has good sources, but it's one of those. It's like people mm -hmm. who in the know have said. Yeah, I mean everything's a mess. Look at the people who were who were the 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 jokers who were in front of the Twitter office, right? And oh yeah, CNBC and Rahul so many people. Lingma, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is a very poor Reddit joke that I am not going to explain. It's pretty self one thing is not, yeah. not one thing is not a rumor; it, it's certainty. Is if he he is pissed off so many people who work for him, you know, who worked for the company. That's going to turn into a lot of results that are some of them competing. I mean, it's going to it's going to be a you know a, a fabulously wide range of results that none of which he can control. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. And there's, there's been a lot some, of people hate him. There will be a lot of great engineers on the street. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the yeah. good news. <laughs> uh, I have heard though, and I don't. Again, I have heard that there was a lot of deadwood at Twitter. Seventy five hundred employees. He had said at one point he wanted to fire seventy five percent. Then he backed down and said, "Well, when he when he did the uh, when he went to Twitter, he said, nah, I'm not going to fire seventy five percent. We don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> Just seventy five hundred. We don't know what he's going to do. Uh, how many people could you? How many engineers would you need to run Twitter? Engineers, not much, right? A good team, twenty five, a hundred people, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Tr trust and safety, thousands. Moderation." Mm thousands yeah a zillion yeah remember when i mean early in the early days of twitter the fail whale was constant almost well credit to facebook that didn't crash very much they did there are some good engineers that at least made the place run you don't see the fail whale much anymore yeah if at all no no uh you remember leah culver who wrote a twitter clone called pounce which i personally thought was better than twitter loved it failed she works at twitter and here she is her tweet holding her printout <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Is she joking? Is she telling the truth? 
That's a pretty thin pile. I don't know. Yeah, and, and notice uh, uh, this was July twenty sixth. I don't know, Leah. I think you might you might have some trouble with the uh, the Elon. She does. Um, I, let me see in her bio. I think she says she does Twitter Spaces. Yeah, uh, and iOS Twitter. So she's their iOS uh, coder. Auth co-author of OAuth and OEmbed. She's uh, Leia's great. Um, I don't know. So uh, maybe another great engineer on the on the on the beach. Ready uh, today. Elon deleted the tweet he posted earlier today, saying. Uh, espousing, I don't even want to repeat the lame-ass conspiracy theory from the even more lame-ass right-wing rag that Paul Pelosi was uh, inebriated when he got attacked with a hammer, which, even if true, so what? He It was an attempt to assassinate the Speaker of the House, the number three in line uh, for the presidency. Uh, well, two, I guess, if you include the president. Don't mm -hmm. include the president. Um, that's a... That's a bigger story than I think he even got coverage. That's an assassination attempt. Yeah. It, um, it was not the leading story in the New York Times. And it was below the fold. Below the fold. Just I, I, what's happening. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Musk shared an article that, you know, was just garbage and said there's a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye. That's a very trollish thing to say. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know, but I hear. Yeah. Responding to Hillary Clinton, by the way, who maybe has has a little information about what's going on, too. Ugh. <laughs> uh, all right. Enough. That's why I don't want to pay him, Leo. I don't want to pay for Twitter Blue with that idiot in charge. Uh, I don't think he's going to do anything with my four ninety nine. dollars <laughs> That's, <not laughs> That's gonna... what you think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You think I should just not? I, look, I, you know, yeah. as, as, as worried as I am... And as doubtful as I am about this guy, I drove a Tesla. I'm pretty impressed with SpaceX. They've shown that you can commercial space can do what NASA could not do for a fraction of the money. On and on and on. Mm -hmm. I'm. I want him to do a good thing with. I want him to turn Twitter into something wonderful. Can he do it? If I don't he, know. If he had just shut up, then we could have enjoyed uh, the, the fruits of Tesla and what the the good thing SpaceX has done. But unfortunately. I think like so many people, he he cannot shut up. And Twitter is literally a platform for just spewing his garbage out to, to everybody. So it's sort of like, it is kind of like what happened to Kanye, isn't it? Just yeah. like, yeah. It's they, poor they impulse control. Once upon a time. Poor impulse, poor impulse control. control. I mean, that tweet mm -hmm. this morning, you're the CEO of the company. You're not the chief twit, by the way. You're the CEO of the company. <laughs> I'm the chief twit. You're not, <laughs> by the way, on Mastodon, where we don't call them tweets, we call them toots. I call myself the chief toot. Mm. <laughs> Tutor in chief. Tutor in chief. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Only for toilet toots. Yeah. yeah. But I yeah. have been. By the way, I looked back. I was chief twin on Jaiku in 2007. It's been. A, <laughs> it's been on my business card. It's. I'll show you my business. It's on my business card uh, for at least a decade. I don't. How does law? How does the law work? No one knows. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> we have the trademark for twit. Uh, have had it since 2005, long before Twitter existed. I, I feel like I own Twit, but maybe uh, I might be mistaken. He'll, he'll, Leo, Leo, he'll settle. Oh yeah, sure. Sue <laughs> him and he'll settle. Sure, sure, that'll that'll go well. It's great to have you. I have, I feel like 
We've got the brain trust here. It's so great to have Doc Searles. Yeah. I've been trying to get you on for... You've been on before, but not in ages. In yeah, ages. a couple of times. Yeah, host of uh, Floss. You could come on as often as you want. You're always welcome. Same to you, Devendra Hardwar. Love you. Senior editor in Gadget. How old's your newborn? Newborn is now seven months old. Oh, my God. He's doing really well. Yeah. And we need to, we, I know we need to get you out of here uh, because your daughter sprained her ankle. I'm sorry. So yep. you got daddy so duty. Yeah. So we'll get, we'll, I'll move quicker, more quickly through this. And of course, the wonderful Philip Elmer DeWitt, who is a legend in the business, PED30.com. One of the analysts call, calls me legend whenever he responds to me. He says, Legend, how are you doing? Um, I like that. Michael Krasny, I did an interview with him, who is 77 and a legendary broadcaster in the yeah. Bay Area, KGO and KQED, said, don't call, he said, I once called Kirk Douglas a legend and he yelled at me. He said, legends are dead. Do not, <laughs> do not call me I'll remember that. a legend. <laughs> yes. If it's, if well, it, yeah. And now he is, you can call him that. Yeah, he's yeah. dead now. So it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh God, Went, that got really dark. <laughs> <laughs> Very fast. Uh, let's talk about our uh, fine sponsors because, uh, uh, you know, the, these are the people who make this show happen, and I am internally grateful to them, uh, as always, for their great uh, support. Our show today brought to you by my beautiful Eight Sleep. And if I am at all coherent today, it is because I had a great night's sleep on my Eight Sleep. Eight Sleep makes mattresses, but... I have, I don't have, I like my mattress. We have a very nice mattress. So I got the pod, which is a cover that goes over the mattress and it does something very interesting. It both heats it and cools it. it go either way. As low as 55 degrees, which is chilly, or 110 degrees, which is hot, or anywhere in between. Why would you want this? Oh, you do. Let me trust, let me tell you, trust me. In fact, normally Lisa gets up early. She's a very early riser. She likes to get her coffee, go to the, go to the gym, work out, you know, have some me time. So she's normally up six o'clock. I got up about eight. She was still in bed. I, I went and had my coffee. She was, she didn't get up till nine 30. I said, what happened? She slept. She said, well, I woke up at seven, turned my eight sleep up a couple of degrees, <laughs> went back to sleep, all cozy, woke up at eight, turned my eight sleep up a little bit, went back to sleep. because She slept an extra three hours. And that's what the eight sleep does. But you know what? She needed it. It's her day off. I'm glad she did. I'm really glad she did. Eight sleep is the only sleep technology that dynamically cools and heats each side of the bed. So her temperature was different than mine. She likes to sleep warmer than I do. But it maintains the optimal sleeping temperature for what your body needs. It knows the room temperature. It knows you. It's got sensors to notice if you're sleeping well, if you're tossing and turning, to know how deep your sleep is. And literally optimizes the temperature for you. For instance, I like to start warm. I get in bed. It's toasty and cozy, especially in the winter. Uh, but the eight sleep brings the temperature down slowly because I go into a deeper sleep as a result. That deep sleep is so important for your health. Uh, sufficient deep sleep can reduce the likelihood of Alzheimer's, decrease the risk of heart disease, lower your blood pressure. Yet more than 30% of Americans struggle with sleep. I bet you do. We all do, right? Feeling hot at night, one of the primary reasons people don't sleep well. Waking up with the sweats, it's war the worst. In the summer, we had a really bad heat wave. I had my hate sleep, and it did it automatically. Cool me off. It kept me cool. I never got hot. It warms me up in the winter, and it cools me off as I sleep so that I have the optimal sleep 
Clinical data shows eight sleep users experience up to 19% increase in recovery, up to 32% improvement in sleep quality. And for me, the big one, 34% more deep sleep. If you sleep an extra half hour of that deep sleep, that sleep that cleans the brain, you'll feel so much better. You will be sharper. You will feel better. Everything is just nicer. Eight sleep. We have the original pod. They have actually, we have the pod two, I think. They just launched the next generation, the pod three. More accurate sleep and health tracking, double the sensors. It is the best sleep experience on the earth. It's not magic. It feels like magic. It's incredible. Soft, comfortable, warm when you want it, cool when you need it. I can't recommend it more highly. And I'll tell you, when we went on vacation last week, went to Vegas for a few nights, I really felt the lack of my eight sleep. We've had it for a year now. So I've been through a winter and a summer. We're going through another winter. Maybe hotels will start getting eight sleep. Eightsleep.com slash twit. Sleep cozy this fall. If you're in Australia, sleep cozy this summer. You'll save $150 at checkout on the pod. I apologize. That was terrible. Eight sleep currently ships in Australia and the U.S. and Canada, the U.K. and select countries in the EU, I should say. I really love this. I It's something you should check out. Eightsleep.com slash twit. And when you, if you do, please use that address so they know you saw it here. Eight sleep dot com slash twit we thank him so much for supporting the show uh let's talk about apple philip elmer dewitt's here this is the time apple did uh, two things they said on uh, thursday their quarterly results came out the best quarter record quarter did great don't count on next one what's explain this uh, philip you're muted i don't know if that's us or you Ex- Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. it, it's always it's always a record quarter. Yeah, um, I knew it would be a record quarter. <laughs> now, does this include iPhone 14? It does, doesn't it? Uh, uh, five days of iPhone oh, 14. So just a slice. So yeah. it's really the next quarter, which is their Q3, Q3? No, Q, Q1. Q1 is Q, the big uh, quarter. This was Q4. They ended their fiscal year uh, at the end of September. Okay. And what we got was... Uh, the results for that. So we got the the quarterly results and and the annual results. Uh, I, if can I ask the the, uh, the tech guys to pull up the chart for uh, one of the charts I sent shows what Apple did compared to the other tech companies. Yeah, because this was uh, a bad time for tech companies. Here's the performance from PED30.com. There you go. This came from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, there's Meta that lost a quarter of its value in in one day. One of my one of my subscribers who who uh, he says, you know, I should have shorted it the day he changed the name because I knew he was panicking. And then I finally shorted it uh, just before the earnings. I, I shorted it at one thirty five and it went down to ninety nine. So the guy Jeez. made a bunch of money Jeez. betting against this thing. And um, you know. Uh, look at these steep declines look at amazon yeah oh my god amazon went down look at alphabet and then alpha apple which is exactly the opposite is slow decline and then suddenly a jump what you're seeing is the money pouring out of those other three companies and into apple Apple. they needed some place to go and um so it's, it was Apple's only Apple's second best one day gain in in January. They had another big, pop and that was like after this. they announced their results. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You so, know, but explain to me because I do not buy tech stocks, uh, and for good reason. You know, I, as a journalist, I don't want to have a dog in this hunt. 
Um, and I and I have some interest in the stock market, but I'm not an expert. Explain to me, the the tech companies had a big boon in COVID, right? They all did great. Isn't this just somewhat of a correction after this growth? Are they below where they were before COVID? Uh, You'd have to look at individual stocks. Apple is down for the year. I I know Meta is. Meta is $700 billion off its its peak. (laughs) They $800 billion evaporated. Someone called it the the greatest destruction of capital <laughs> in a long time. Uh, no, the um, but by the way, I would yes, point out. All, they, I would point out yeah. if you did short them, you know, execute because they're making a long bet. Meta's saying, "Look, we know the social's dying." They're agreeing with what we said last break. We know the social's dying. We think the the metaverse is the next big thing, and we're going to pour all our energies into that. If they're right. It's like it's just a startup. You're buying yeah. low. What could be the biggest company of 2028? A, cu- a couple things. Jim Cramer was on and and literally cried, apologizing <laughs> for having believed having believed in Facebook. And he said, when when I found out how much they were spending on Meta, I, I thought there was an adult there that could control this, but they've they're just out of control. So he this is. This is an important, this is an influential guy, the most influential guy on CNBC, which all the investors watch. And, and he's saying, you know, to, and, and tearfully that I screwed up. To answer, is, let me answer my question because I have the uh, alphabet stock. Uh, Valentine's Day 2020, right before the pandemic, they were at their peak for the last many years of $76. Pandemic, they go down to 53 They've climbed back. This was, of course, of the pandemic was very, very good to Alphabet. They've dropped since, but they're still well above their pan their pre pandemic peak. They're at one hundred and one dollars. So this is what I say when I or ninety. I'm sorry, ninety six fifty eight. This is what I say when people say, "Oh, they're tanking." Is well, they're just recovering from what was a big run up because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. That's true. The the what's scary about. Uh, Facebook and Alphabet is that the the cloud numbers are going down. It looks like uh, they they bet on the cloud and the cloud the investment in the cloud seems to be Amazon's shrinking. eating their lunch, right? Yeah, is that well, what's really happening? A, uh, Amazon Web Services also uh, is it down as well? Yeah, but yeah. again, so, I, anyway, I, that, I think you have to look at historic. Now, here's historic five years for Facebook, and yeah, they're well below. Their peak before the pandemic, which is two hundred fourteen dollars, yeah. they're down to ninety nine yeah, ninety nine dollars. They screwed the pooch. They're done. Yeah. They're done. They're cooked at least for short term. Uh, I wonder if Amazon did Amazon give impre- their results uh, this this yeah. week? Yeah, they were. It was uh, Friday morning, I believe. Um, okay, so they're so they still be- above. Well, okay, that's interesting. So they're right at their peak pre pandemic. Their peak pre pandemic was one hundred four. They're now one hundred three. So they, they look at. I mean, this is this big, this devil's mountain here. It's COVID, <laughs> right? But yeah, it was inevitable yeah. that and, this wouldn't last forever, right? And that's and that's what was impressive about Apple. Despite they got pushed up with COVID as well as everybody else, and they've managed with you know the iPhone sales are down a bit, and services are down a bit, but they've got they've got so many cylinders going that that 
they you know i don't know it's it's like printing money can can we show another chart uh that i offered it was yeah. the, the mountain of cash they have uh, as much cash as they've ever had now right uh no oh no they've been they've been uh they made a commitment remember in 2016 oh, they buy, they've been buying that, back stock which, that trump was going to let them repatriate all the cash that yep, they had overseas yep, for reduced all that, all that reduced irish tax, money tax bill yeah yeah, so they started bringing their cash back and uh, buying. It is they're all everybody who works for Apple and especially the chief uh, people have a lot of stock. And if they got dividends, they'd have to pay taxes on it. But if they buy back stock, they they don't pay taxes. They're and just, I should point out, some say I don't know. Again, I plead ignorance that buying back stock is in a way inflating the stock because you're reducing the pool of shares out no, it's there. the opposite it's the opposite it's making each share of stock represent a larger part of the company it's deflation i guess uh okay you, well you end up with more valuable stock okay if they if they buy it back so it's, it doesn't make that much you um, let me put it this way you're artificially improving your stock price by buying back stock that's right that's right. And, the you know, the argument is if you have all this money, can't you find something better to do with it? Invest it in new products and, and do some research, something. And IBM made the mistake of rather than investing in the future, buying back their stock and it hurt them. Uh, they You know, they're a shadow of their original shelf selves. Apple, they've got some very smart people, uh, smart money people managing this and i i have to laugh when i watch the the analysts you know second guessing tim cook they have no idea what he's no and i that's why i say very clearly i have no i don't know what i'm talking about yeah uh (laughs) missing by the way in in this chart of companies is microsoft and i just i I was peeking at their earnings this week and they also took a hit but not not as badly as everybody else they kind of went halfway because uh apple apple gained right but microsoft took a smaller hit than most of these other companies. Pandemic so Creek for Microsoft 185. Yeah. They're now 235. So they're up yeah. almost. They're a very 30%. well managed company. Uh, yeah, and they've you know they found their new. Feet. Well, Microsoft is great. If you look at the stock price uh, over the total history of the stock going back to 86, was very flat line for a decade from 2000 well, to maybe 2015. Just flat. Although in, two, in 2000, it looked pretty darn good. I mean, in, in, in <laughs> retrospect, that doesn't look like much. But that was a, that was a good But year. look what's happened in since, since uh, Satya Nadella and the focus on Azure and the cloud, which has, I think, been a very smart move in pandemic. Yeah, they're down a little bit now. Uh, there's, you know, there's a little bit of a recovery. Put, put <laughs> Apple up. Put Apple up over. Oh, I, I have all of them here. Let me see. Here's Apple. <laughs> uh I'm going to do the max yeah, see, again for for the full lifetime of Apple. Yeah. This, ignore this. I don't know even what that. <laughs> but starting in 2008, they've been steadily climbing. It was really yeah, right so about steady. here. It uh, gets hit. It's up and down. Uh, periodically. And down. Yeah. It, gets, it gets hit worse. Like Microsoft was a smoother uh, yeah. curve than this. It, um, I, I can't really understand it, but it, but it's like the – People fall out of love with Apple, or they find it's you know the, the yeah. I'll the tell you what it is. Apple is doomed. I tell you uh, what it is. And by the way, yeah, I should I, behind the scenes. Philip asked me to uh, join uh, your crowd. You have some sort of broad thing you do, and I yeah. didn't understand <laughs> that they were all Apple investors. 
<laughs> so I'm joining and I'm going, oh, you know, there's no way this company has a few. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and and uh, I was really uh, the cheese in their gruel. But uh, I understand. That was, a, that was a fun show, Leo. That I enjoyed great. it. I appreciate it. Uh, but I understand that what from the outside happens periodically and i'm the i'm the poster boy for this is you go well they've saturated they couldn't possibly find anywhere else to grow there's no and they consistently make me wrong now they've done it with services right they you're right they can't sell any more iphones they're, they've that's they're going to sell the same number every year from now on but they're making money in services this this quarter though service is not so hot yeah, I, I have to correct you about iPhones. They're, they're growing market share while the others are losing. Uh, so that's where their growth percent. comes from is the is people but, stopping uh, Android and going to. to right. Apple. They have a yeah. except in the U.S. They, they have a, uh, a small market share everywhere else in the company. Uh, right. So in there's the world. Yeah, there's potential. So there's outside plenty. Of the US. There's, yeah. yeah, there's space yeah. to grow. And, you know, the watches, it's unbelievable. You know, I was at a, a hoop shoot with girls and boys. uh six to 13 and half the girls had apple watches where's yeah. that at yeah <laughs> that's well that's the trick for apple right they've got to find new product categories because i mean yeah okay there's growth potential and china kind of saved their bacon for the last few years because suddenly that market took off but at some point you sell an iphone to everybody who's ever going to buy an iphone you're not going to have that same kind of growth you want to find the next big thing and it turned out watches, which at first were really kind of laggard, has has turned out pretty well for them. Notice I'm wearing Leo, the eight hundred dollar ultra. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing there. Yeah, yeah. It, Leo, yeah. it's a monopoly. They have a monopoly. They have a monopoly. On the Apple yep. ecosystem, yep. and to the extent that you're bought into it, you will. You know, they've got you. They for got me life. for life. And yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I hate, but it's true. It's it's <laughs> a you love it. garden. Yeah. I love it and I hate it. <laughs> It, yeah, yeah, but it's a walled garden. Devinder, are you uh, are you captive to the Apple? Oh, ab absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm not reviewing phones and stuff anymore. But certainly, once I started with smartphones, like the Apple ecosystem made the most sense. iPad was always the best. Like, oh, forget about Android tablets. Oh my God, for the past decade, um, if you wanted anything decent, the Apple ecosystem made the most sense. And now I can imagine why uh, parents would be buying young kids Apple watches. Uh, my daughter is four now, but when she's six or seven, when she's going to school, having a lifeline to her, you know, being able to see where she is, that is something a lot of people would really be interested in having so I, I can imagine that's being super successful i'm also getting more into like car tech and stuff these days and uh i can clearly see like why there have been all those rumors about apple and car stuff because that is a whole platform where apple um is, is basically partnering with companies now but having a total solution or having something with more of the apple branding on it that would also be another huge hit for them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in the ecosystem, and, yeah, we'll see how far it goes. So they do need another product, right? I mean, yeah. services yeah. have been good. Services wasn't that good this quarter. Why do you think that was, Philip? Um, I think it was a, a tough compare. It, it had grown enormously yeah. the, year, yeah, the year before. It's hard to sustain uh, levels of growth like that year after year after year. Yeah, maybe, well, uh, you know, maybe. it was – it was the pandemic growth. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, yeah. uh, and Apple's <laughs> facing some headwinds on the biggest profit center in their services, which is the App Store. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they, they, the there was some uh, serious activity in Congress to to crack down on Apple and and 
take some of the APIs away. Or EU as well, uh, yeah. all over the world. EU's been, EU can get stuff done. Uh, Congress, it turns out, cannot. <laughs> so that, that thing died. I, I, I have to add one theory I have about Facebook. Um, you know, the next product that we're supposed to get, according to Bloomberg, it's coming in the spring, is are these goggles. I have a, I have a very hard time seeing goggles as an apple product it, it just doesn't seem to have the mass well i felt that way about the card too actually i was very surprised to hear but, you say you think the card of Indra is a is a good just i'm just looking at like what's ahead too and also hey uh ar glasses i just tried out the magic leap 2 remember yeah, magic leap yeah and how much money they yeah, raised yeah. um th- their new headset is actually pretty good but because of all the bad word of mouth like Nobody, nobody's taking that company seriously anymore. So. Have you tried? I bought the. Yeah. I'm sad, embarrassed to admit, <laughs> the sixteen hundred dollar Quest Pro. I haven't tried them yet. Um, um, it, it, we we are in the. We reviewed it in Gadget, and uh, our viewers like it's good. It's a good headset. I don't know who it's for. Um, the bet on that market seems weird and maybe out of place, but the idea of having maybe something you slip on, or maybe even your own current glasses that could extend your displays maybe when you're actually sitting at your oh i love desk. that idea that is a really interesting it's hard idea. Like to right do now, though isn't it i'm i'm it's hard to do but it does seem like the quest pro is doing it pretty well this is this is like a five ten year problem uh but the stuff i've seen like the magic leap 2 stuff and even a bit of the hololens too like it can be magical the question is, who is it for? Will people actually want this? Um, it still seems more like of an industrial trend, like not really what Apple tends to do. Like they are far more consumer yeah. focused. But I, c- I could see it being a thing eventually, you know, at least for some glasses, people. Uh, yeah, glasses for sure. If they could, mm-hmm. if they could make the glasses, uh, you know, that look like this. Yeah, that would be a great product. The uh, Quest Pro. My, my theory about the goggles is, I just can't see it as an Apple product. I can't see it this spring. I have this uh, theory that they're doing it to drive Facebook nuts. <laughs> oh, somebody don't, asked you. Don't, yeah. don't kick them when they're down. That's mean. Uh, I think they may have no intention of doing what. Oh, what that's uh, a really Google, interesting theory. Uh, Bloomberg says they're going to do, and and Meta just keeps pouring money into the project. Yeah. Uh, the reviews of the people who actually went in that space where they don't have legs and you bump into horizon world and yeah. they're mostly kids yeah. that, Oh, that looked like such a loser. Yeah. Um, it did, but did you know what? Did, so did, yeah. so did the internet yeah. in 1996, yeah. you know, like it's early days. I remember, I remember what that was. I remember, I really wanted to watch the trailer for mortal Kombat in like what, before that movie came out and I had to enter this long website, not the correct, like not a branded domain domain name. It was like a dash a tilde, like 10, 30 seconds later, once I was done entering that URL, I had to wait 30 minutes for the uh, 1996 <laughs> grade web video to load too. So this stuff is really bad, you know, until until like there is a shift and there there's like yeah. something that kind of makes a big public hit. But, you remember, but, but you remember, real, remember real networks? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. real networks. It was real networks, actually. Yeah, it was a low-quality real, yeah, real player thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, Philip, to, to to what you're saying, like I I test around Horizon Workrooms too, like before it launched, so I oh, haven't good. seen like the way normal people have using have used it. There there is potential there. Like when I'm I'm living outside of Atlanta now, I'm not near my normal coworkers. To be able to hop into virtual space and just like have a meeting with people could be useful. 
Um, I, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the footage from that, but I was also in a space where Zuckerberg's avatar appeared right next to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was also, it was, it was a very weird thing where it was like, oh, when people see this video, it's like I'm sitting next to Mark Zuckerberg. I should probably be really chill right now. I should probably not to like, n- don't stare too much um, because it did feel like I was like, got to be cool. Got to be cool. Mark Zuckerberg is right there. Um, if you look at playback of that video, my avatar is just doing crazy wild stuff because their tech <laughs> for managing my arms and everything just do- didn't work very well. So I both see the potential in it. And it's clearly early days. Like it's early days and even they can't make it work when you're sitting next to Mark Zuckerberg. You know? <laughs> Wait a minute. I got to find this video. Where- <laughs> look at there, There's video somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Devendra. Horizon World Zuckerberg was that? You think that's? Uh... That's probably there. I, I have a I have a photo in my piece, but we we didn't like I did we didn't do a video. For I want to see the video of that. That's a, <laughs> well, maybe better just to imagine it. Yeah, I have to say, have I have the Quest Pro, uh, and I, I you know no one should spend sixteen hundred bucks on this product. That's not what I would say at all. I mean, no review really should say, ever say this is a worthwhile thing. But I want to give <laughs> VR a chance. I want to, you know, I bought the first Oculus Rift on Kickstarter and, uh, you know, I got HTC Five. It's never, it's always been a cool demo that you lose interest within a day or two. And and I don't see anything to change my mind on this, but it's pretty amazing. I don't think I'd want to be in a Teams meeting for more than 10 minutes on this thing. Sure, sure, yeah. That's part of the problem. I mean, we got a long way to go. There's a, I've talked about this before, there's a game called Richie's Plank which is just is very simple. You go up in an elevator, the door opens, you're at the 80th floor, you look down, and there's a little thin plank, and you're supposed to walk out along it. Now, I know in my brain that I am in my living room. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I could. My body said, no, 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 you're not going, no, no. And my brain said, okay, fine. I could not walk out on that plank, <laughs> much like you thought you were sitting to Mark Zuckerberg, next to Mark Zuckerberg. I mean... I, I in in a certain reality I was. You look at video evidence. There I am sitting next to Mark Zuckerberg. So it know, is it is good it enough. Let's put it this way: it's good enough to fool my body, yeah, uh, and to over overrule my rational mind, which knows I am completely safe, and say, huh, and my my pulse rate's going up. I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I could not walk along the plank. Now, by the and way, we, my we wife, gotta, we gotta my wife said, "What are you difference. talking about?" She walked right along mm-hmm. it, no problem. So <laughs> she's, like, she's got a better brain. She, she's a much cooler cucumber she's than you, Leo. Cucumber. Clearly, yes. um, but, but, but Vindra, we gotta separate. Isn't the, yeah, isn't the isn't the market games? Isn't that yes. what these are for? It is right game. now, but I've, you know, so I've, I've been covering VR stuff since like the Consumer Stuff has launched too. And I did, um, Sundance has done some really good work in terms of getting the, an experience of the festival in VR with your headsets. And you, you could put that on. You can go look at some VR, like, um, like VR projects that people have created. And normally you'd have to go to physical space and put on a VR headset to do that. Why shouldn't you just be able to do that, you know, from your own home? There are VR chats and stuff where you could go actually congregate and talk with other people. It gave me a sense of community that I really, you know, have missed from not being able to go to film festivals and things like that. Um, Maybe conversely, South by kind of did the same thing, and their VR uh, interface was a ghost town. It felt very lonely because I was there just staring at these this like towering virtual Austin by myself, and there was nobody with me. Oh, so there, weird. there are like yeah. there's like costs and you know costs and consequences of going VR in this way. But I wanted to say we really need to separate the idea of AR and the idea of VR, 
and what these two things can right. can actually mean because the pass through in the Quest Pro looks really good. Like it, it does. looks like you can actually see like see your desk. And I'm imagining like maybe maybe someday if I just want to throw up a 50 inch or 70 inch video above my monitor uh, when we're watching the Apple live stream or something, um, I'd love to be able to do that. And not you know what's weird? Corner window with the know? Quest Pro because they have cameras and it's color now. But the real world looks like it's virtual. It's a little shaky, mm, and uh, mm-hmm. and the virtual world looks real. So I think they'd be, they're they're up to it's so weird. <laughs> Magic Leap also has this thing that not many people have talked about. But you know, those are AR glasses, right? So they're transparent yeah. and clear. But they've created a way to black out what you're seeing, so they can it can like it's almost like a cloud enveloping your vision and just blacking out the real world to like give the virtual objects more, more of a focus. But in a way it was almost like semi VR when it totally blacks out an area. And that just feels like an interesting space. Like being, being able to hop between an AR and VR like experience could be cool, but it's not for everybody. It's not going to be a thing anytime soon, but these companies are investing because it's going to be something. You know, Doc, you, you don't ignore the internet in 1996 when it's terrible. Y- y- you and I were in the internet along with Devendra yeah. in 1996. We were a little older than Devendra. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and you too, Philip. Uh, but you, we, we, we've seen, we're, we've been around long enough to see products come along uh, maybe with promise, but not delivering on that promise. And then years later delivering, you think that's where VR is right now? I think it's almost all promise, but I, I have a lot of faith in it for industrial purposes. I think of it as like the Segway. You know, Segway was going to make, it's going to replace a great the bicycle. It's going to be, yeah. you know, when it was still, what was it, Audrey, or it had a, 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 a you know, a fake name before it, was it had Ginger. a real name. Ginger, that's right. And, yeah. And, and it Steve project. Jobs, lots of people say, this is just the most coolest thing ever. And, and what's it good for? Warehouses. Yeah. Cops. They said it was going to, you know, cities uh, were going to be redesigned to accommodate this thing. Yeah, I have two in no. my garage, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, there it is. I yeah, realized and- the problem with with Ginger, uh, I, on the screensavers 20 years ago, we had Wozniak, who would play uh, Segway Polo, brought in five of them. We all zipped around. The problem was <laughs> you looked like a massive dork because you're like nine feet tall on this thing. And I think yeah, you're right. right. It you ended up small. being mall yeah. cops who we make fun of and industrial Uses and, Ginger and, was and a, tourists and, and things tourists, like that. It's yeah, a, yeah. I have it's, it's, I have it's a, very handy in big warehouses. It's hugely handy in sure. big warehouses, and and there are lots of those going up. I mean, it, you go along, drive anywhere on a on an interstate, and there are these. It's all freight forwarding all around you, <laughs> and no longer woods, and those are full of segways. Some of I them actually anyway, I think know. an electric bike might be the future of electric of bikes mobility. are huge. They're incredible. They're huge. Yeah. I, before yeah. we leave Segway, I have to tell a Segway story. John Heileman, who went on to become a big political reporter, uh, came to uh, Time and said uh, he could give us a cover story on this thing that Steve Jobs is going to be the next big thing. And uh, they sent me up to New Hampshire to check it out, to kick the tires. And I went to the I went to their headquarters and I took a little ride around the thing. And I heard the pitch was their pitch was we're going to solve China's problem. They all everybody in China is going to want a car and it's going to destroy the planet. We'll give them segways. But at the it just didn't make sense. The price point was just it was wacky. They're seven thousand dollars. And oh, by the way, we've had ours long enough. The batteries stopped working. So I looked into replacing the batteries. It's like four thousand dollars each. Yeah. Anyway, the question was, do we put this on the Mm -hmm. cover? And I came back and said, no, this is not a cover story for Time Magazine. Yeah, you're probably we did right. run it inside. Yeah, A lot of hype around that. 
we've so we've seen that we've seen we've seen technologies come along that looked like they might be world world shaking uh earth shattering and they they don't deliver mm -hmm. but then we've also seen the internet which more than yeah. delivered the iphone who in 2007 only really apple uh fanatics thought the iphone was going to change the world it did in ways yeah, that even, I, even yeah. us optimists could not have predicted i waited you a know, year before it, i bought one but yeah yep, yeah same Oh, I was in line for the first one. I vividly remember. Well, you always buy the first one. <laughs> you put it right next yeah. to your, your segue. It's, yeah. your, it's your job. It's your job. You know, when when the iPhone came out, my my wife, who's like a not a tech person at all, very retro about everything, took one look at the iPhone and said this, I can work with that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and got one of the first ones. That was a and, hint right there. And, and I, I don't think Apple... I think Apple likes to make things that are inventions that mother necessity. You take one look at it and say, I can use that. And yep. uh, that's what we don't, we don't have that with the VR headsets yet. No. Maybe Apple will make one where you get, you'll take one look at it and it's like, Oh, I got to have that. Uh, but I, I can't imagine that, you know, but I remember being at one of Esther Dyson's things a thousand years ago, back when you, in the, in the, in the pre-Cambrian times um, when she said, nobody's going to ever write on glass. Well, oh boy, do. was she wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's you know she's right about a lot of other things, but that was, you know, we didn't like know. That. I want to say something. There's know. another thing about Apple though, which is that um, you look at point of point of sale, point of purchase things. I, I go through airports, and there are restaurants that have easels with iPads in them. You know, Apple's doing hugely well in business with iPads, and mm -hmm. and they're and they're and they're. You know, there are lots of different Android pads, but there's only one iPad and there's stuff yep. being written for iPads. And you think about um, Microsoft, you know, they just made the operating system. They didn't make the hardware. They didn't want to do vertical integration and Apple's doing it brilliantly. And mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm, you know, now that may be a saturated market at this point, but I think Apple's probably doing better in business than they ever did before. Yeah. It's, way, it's hard yeah. to tell like when something will take off, you know, too, because I, you remember this, Leo, the early criticisms of the first iPhone, I think were legitimate. It couldn't it make copy sense to spend paste. that much money for an, it couldn't copy and paste. Uh, it was an edge phone when 3G phones 3G, were coming out. Right. It wasn't 3G. Yeah. Um, I remember that year, Technology Review, like, put on the front cover the, the Helio Ocean, which was a phone I ended <laughs> up buying that? instead. <laughs> remember, that was the one that, like... It flipped two ways. It flipped uh, vertically and horizontally, and it was a beautiful phone. It was a beautiful phone. It's three G. It had it had so many of the features of the iPhone, but it didn't have a touch screen. It didn't have like a you know even the first iPhone didn't have an app store, right? Like that was a whole thing. There's the other. Oh, oh, this was like the Sidekick. I bought a Sidekick. It was like the side, but it also flips up vertically for the number pad, ah. and it's so satisfying. Like I think that was the best slider phone uh, ever made. It's still in a pocket here, but. Yeah, we looking at the first iPhone had so many issues. By the next year, most of those things were ironed out. Like Apple started to see, like, oh, we can't just rely on web apps. We need apps. We need a centralized app store. We need 3G. And Apple learned because even Apple didn't have that at the beginning. Um, I just reviewed the Surface Pro 9 with LTE. And you uh, called it talk a about lie. <laughs> I called it a lie. But talk about a company that has been hammering this idea. Tablets as PCs, tablets yeah, as yeah, your laptops yeah. for 10 years. And 
not, I don't think really making it happen. You know, like uh, the sales had been okay. Like uh, it took a year, it took a couple of years, but they started making billions in revenue from surfaces. But you only ever really see those things on TV when a show, you know, has a merchandising deal uh, with Microsoft. You see, uh, you see yeah. Tom Brady throwing him. Uh, yeah, on the, on oh, the sidelines of the NFL. <laughs> and it's like Microsoft will keep trying to make this a hit, even though like I think the consumers as a whole are like, I no, I don't I don't want to use a tablet like this. I don't want to have a right. kickstand on my knee. I want to have a stable surface. And also like laptops have gotten so light and so, you know, uh, so easy to use where the idea of having a tablet PC just doesn't there's no real win to it. But Microsoft is still doing it. So this, this also yeah. shows how hard it is. I mean, Esther Dyson, that makes perfect sense. Nobody wants to write on glass. I think she was mm-hmm. right. But there's so many other things. It's so hard. This is why it's so hard as a pundit, all of us, to, yep. to, to know if something is going to be uh, the next big thing or not. It's very hard to know. Mm-hmm. All I, all I can do is like, tell QWERTY, you all. But they do. Right. <laughs> Who would? Yeah, I That's, thought QWERTY would be dead by now. This is, <laughs> this is the worst John C. Dvorak famously wrote a column saying nobody wants to use a mouse. Nobody wants to use a mouse. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, yeah. like, I remember the Dvorak, like, pundits, too, who are like, ah, oh, this is clearly better. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, no, uh, it's hard to predict consumer usability. What I can say, like, from my reporting is if I put something on and I'm like, that's cool. That's interesting. I could potentially see how that's useful. Like, that's all I can do. That's all I can convey. So, like, the Magic Leap, nobody is taking Magic Leap seriously now, but... That headset is interesting on the industrial level. Who knows, like, where that tech is going to go from there? I just, I think it's cool. Little sidelight on the Devor. Is it Dvorak? He's the composer. Dvorak. Keyboard. Oh, I, for, I forget. I forget. Dvorak's the composer. Div- yep. John C. Dvorak's the columnist. Dvor- <laughs> the Dvorak keyboard is an old school keyboard designed not like QWERTY, but designed to be more efficient. Apple just added the Dvorak keyboard to its iPhone lineup. In oh. iOS 16. Oh, wow. So, and you know who loves it? Steve Wozniak. Who knew Steve Wozniak okay. is a Dvorak keyboard fanatic? Mm-hmm. He said, wow. uh, he said, uh, he, he said, thank you very much, <laughs> Apple. <laughs> um, what I liked most about Dvorak then was the feeling of using less energy with your fingers. Oh, God. Yeah. He learned, he taught himself Dvorak. He says, I was on a flight to Tokyo. I ran Mavis Beach Beacon Teaches Typing in Dvorak mode. That's how long ago that was. I spent five hours learning it and never again looked at a QWERTY keyboard. That's all it took. So uh, Waz is yeah. happy anyway. Hey, I got to take I mean, a break. I got to take a yeah. break. This is great conversation. Don't stop. Just put a, put a mental, put a pin in it because I I, there's so much more to talk about. Uh, but I but I have to take a break. We're not going to get you out of here in half an hour, Devendra. And I wanted to. I really did. I promised. Thank you. <laughs> Our show today brought to you by Wealthfront. Wealthfront's goal to make building long-term wealth easy, offering both high-yield savings and automated investing accounts that do just that, all within a beautifully designed interface. Is your bank keeping money that could be yours? If you're earning less, get this. Wealthfront's I guess it's it's a savings account, right? High yield savings, two point five five percent APY. Your bank ain't paying you anything like that. Federal interest rates are going up. That means banks have been earning more on your savings, but they aren't passing it along to you. According to the FDIC, the average U.S. bank has only raised their rates to zero point one seven percent this year. Wealthfront. 
now offering their clients a rate that's 15 times higher with the Wealthfront cash account. Don't let your bank keep the interest you should be earning. Join nearly half a million people who already use Wealthfront to earn 15 times more than the average U.S. bank. It's easy to sign up, plus you'll get unlimited transfers that are completely fee-free, up to a million dollars in FDIC insurance through partner banks. So let me let me give you what you're getting here. No No account fees, no minimum balance, completely fee-free transfers, and if you sign up at Wealthfront.com slash twit, you're going to get a free $50 bonus with an initial deposit of $500. Okay. Go to Wealthfront.com slash twit to get started. You know what I'm thinking. And get your free $50 bonus with an initial deposit of $500. Wealthfront.com slash twit. Wealthfront.com slash twit. This has been a paid endorsement for Wealthfront. Okay, fine. The laws in this uh, banking laws in this country are sometimes a little strange, a little a little weird. By the way, Apple uh, was getting Apple has added ads now to their uh, app store, uh, and a, a number of people. Marco Arment tweeted, "I don't like it that that my app Overcast, which is a podcast app, right below it is oh, if you like Overcast, you might like this gambling app." It was out of control. Apple at one point admits there were about thirty percent of all the ads were gambling. They have halted that now. They have paused App Store ads relating to gambling after everybody complained. Uh, that's where the money is now. Local radio station, KGO, one of the best radio stations in the country. I worked there in the 90s uh, and then again in the 2000s. I was My show, syndicated show, was on KGO until two weeks ago when KGO pulled the plug on talk radio and became sports gambling radio. It's horrible. <laughs> that, that's that's just yeah. There's so but much money. Gambling in is it. gigantic. Gambling is gigantic in sports, and and uh, FanDuel and um, whatever the other one is um, are um, are just are, they're big sponsors of of uh, NFL, of the Ringer of NFL, the Ringer, all these things. It bothers they, they, yeah, me they, when they I watch NFL, NFL football and they're promoting gambling. Can yeah. we let's let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame then because uh, it's okay now. Well, it's okay if you're not playing. Oh, you know, that was, okay. That was a problem with, with Pete Rose, but still, <laughs> it's and, and I mean, it's it's not possible almost to 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 follow sport. I'm a I'm a sports fan, and I tune out almost everything that's just all about gambling because it's not yeah. not interesting to me. But it's a gigantic part of the whole conversation. Is you know what's the line on this? What's the line on that? And are you going to do a parlay? Are you going to do? Oh this is the God. assumption behind it is that everybody's gambling all the time. Yeah, and. There's always a house, and the house is always going to win. And so, <laughs> it's kind of uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind it's, of amazing. I, it, uh, I, I don't want to be the morality police. Uh, we're going to vote on this in California in a week, two weeks, uh, November eighth, on Prop twenty six and twenty seven to allow it's not legal uh, to sport do sports betting in California except at a casino or at a racetrack, and they want to make it legal on the phone. Fan, who's sponsoring this? FanDuel, MGM, yeah, you know the, yeah. big, the gambling thing, and there is to me a little moral thing. I don't. I feel like I don't think anybody who has a gambling problem should have a casino in their pocket. I think that's kind of scary. I guess it's not our responsibility. I also just. I just feel like it's a malign influence. I look at Las Vegas, all those expensive, beautiful buildings. They're built by gambling losers, losers, they're built by losers. And you're all, and you know what? In the long run. 
we're all the losers. So that's, yeah. you know, yeah. I think it's, it's a big problem it, anyway. It's huge. Uh, so Apple has halted those ads. I don't know if they'll, uh, Philip, have you heard anything about whether that that's just a temporary pause or? Well, when when Marco Arment complains loudly, Apple yeah, reacts. So I think they, I think they're going to take it off. They they don't like that look. They and but they I don't like the look of them Disney. selling ads at all, right? Because all along, you know, they turned off. They they put that nice setting, no application tracking in my phone. Except Apple does, and Apple sells ads against what you're doing. Yeah, it's on their, a, it's on their own properties, small, they do it on their own properties. A, they right. don't do it out in the. But it's okay for wild, me, like but not Google for thee, right? It's different. It's different. What they're not, it, but it's we're splitting hairs. Uh, it's promotion. It's not a it's good look. Promotion. Um, it's but I yeah, I was actually interested I, to discover that they sell you can sell NFTs now on the App Store. Really? And I've got a couple. Of, I, I've got a couple I want to sell. I have Jean Michel Basquiat's receipt for the first <laughs> for the first article that was ever written about him. I don't have a Basquiat, but I have his receipt. <laughs> it's worth some money i think you're right and, and i have and i've been doing i've been uh, taking a picture of my latte art every morning and i've made 365 <laughs> days of latte i think that's worth something Wait a minute. is this latte it. art you're creating or this is yeah yeah every time i make one that i like in the morning i i take a picture where is this put it up on, on instagram on my instagram I had yeah, no idea you were a latte artist. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so you take something on Instagram and you 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 monetize the Instagram latte that way. In other words, you turn it into an NFT. Do you do I it inside Instagram it or just? Okay. Well, I, you know, ideally, I would sell each one individually as an NFT, and then if you want, really spend the big bucks. Did you find it, Leah? It's uh, Philip Ed on Instagram. Is it? Uh, well, I see a lot of huh. Elmer DeWitt, sixty EA. Who's that? No, that's somebody else. <laughs> it would be Philip. I think it's Philip Elmer, uh, probably. Okay, let but me it's, try me. Philip Ed. Try Philip, Philip Ed. Ed. Which, by the way, okay. Uh, yeah, I see it. I see it because you got you got. Oh, look at this! It goes on. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Okay, mostly they look like volcanoes, but okay, they're all the, they're trees. They're all the same. They're always trees. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I can do, and they're and they're crappy. I'm not very good at it, but I but I'm persistent, and I've done it now for 360 days. I'm five days away from my goal, and you too can own one of these. Oh, I want to own them all. There you go. You this can is, buy them all. You know where the big so, big bucks so where are. Do you sell them? Where, yeah. where do you sell them? I, if I, I to haven't buy sold one. them at all, but but uh, okay, I'm, I'll tell you where you go if you want to know. There really is only one place: Open Sea. At yeah. OpenSea.io, <laughs> and uh, you can. The problem is the NFT market is tanked, uh, so yeah. you're coming late. If you sold at the beginning of the year, you well, I can even get it you, cheap then. Yeah, you can get it yeah. cheap. Yeah, uh, medieval monkeys. Oh, you know, if you were tired of bored apes, now you can get medieval monkeys. The floor price is point oh two eight ETH. So you can get in uh, pretty pretty young, pretty uh, inexpensive. See, I think I think I have a better product. <laughs> I think you're better. <laughs> I think you're better than this. Uh, how about uh, how about Gene Simmons' Kiss Incarnate? <laughs> Sold out in. You know who makes the money? By the way, who's really making money on this? Open Sea. Yeah. The gas yeah. the gas fees, uh, the money they charge for these transactions are guaranteed. You're going to get that no matter what. 
Uh, it's like Levi's selling the jeans to the gold miners. You may or may not get a strike, but we're going to get the money for the jeans. It's like the house in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's the house. Open seas the house. Okay. 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 Uh, let's see. Apple, by the way. I liked your, I liked your story about uh, getting rid of uh, daylight saving time. So I've gone back and forth on this. Uh, we're about to <laughs> the the very very powerful candy lobby in the United States. <laughs> this is not a joke. Convinced Congress to move the change back to standard time after Halloween, right? Uh, because the theory being that it's better to have more hours of trick or treating because we're going to sell more candy. <laughs> so. Uh, next Sunday, the clocks will then fall back. And I'm sure I will once again go on a tirade about what a miserable idea this is and how more people die on the Monday. Actually, fall back, you're getting more sleep. So that's not as, mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. as bad as spring where you, you lose an hour of sleep. But there's more heart attacks. There's more car crashes on the Monday after. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't save energy. The farmers, I know farmers, we've got, they've got electric lights now. They don't care. Uh, <laughs> we give the farmers robots, enough already. Yeah. <laughs> Leo, Leo the, what I like about this story, having been in, in uh, city government now for a while, it's like the pen, let's get rid of the copper penny. It's an actual easy, it's an it's achievable easy. goal. Mm -hmm. And goal you don't have to might, be a, a political genius to get it. Right. You might, it's something that you might be able to achieve in your lifetime. Unlike most political, so are you goals. lobbying for the fine? What? What? Where are you? The, I thought you're in Bristol, but you're not as. Are you? Are you like one of those Oz guys? Are you a carpetbagger? Are you out of state now? No, no. I still. I'm, my residence is in Greenfield. I'm here because it's nice on the weekends. His residence is in Massachusetts, but he lives in Rhode Island. No, no, I no. Ask I ask you. <laughs> I can't wait to get out of city government. I have a year oh, okay. and two months left. What are so. you called? What is it? What is the title of this? Councillor Elmer, they call me. Councillor Elmer. Uh, so, are you? Is this on your agenda before your uh, term runs out to change a Greenfield, no. Massachusetts, uh, to a a little private zone of no daylight saving time? No. See, I, I don't actually care one way or the other about daylight savings or the copper penny. I just like achiev <laughs> achievable goals. Uh, Mexico <laughs> has scrapped daylight saving time. By the way, John, you can yell at the AP for pluralizing savings. You'd think the style guide would have stopped them on that one. That's oh, wow. shocking. Shocking. Mexico scraps daylight saving time except along border where they're still dealing with the U.S., Right. Um, uh, Sunday, when Mexico was scheduled today, this this morning at 2 a.m., to turn the clocks back for the last time, then that's it. It's <laughs> the health secretary, Jorge Alcocer, says Mexico should return to God's clock. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it's, it, a, it's a family values thing. Yeah. <laughs> we voted in California... We had a, uh, a um, proposition that passed that said, I believe, said stay on daylight saving time because this is part of the debate. Do you want it dark in the morning all winter? Because that's what happens if you stay on daylight saving time. Um, but we're not allowed to do anything unless the feds change our time zone. 
or something. I can't remember what. Yeah, you can stay. You can you if you want. You can stay standard time. That's your time zone. It's optional whether you go to daylight saving time or not. So you can turn off the daylight saving time. But what we want to do is make permanent daylight saving time. That's California. That's California. I mean. When I say we, <laughs> yeah, because it's sunnier in the evening. You want that? Yeah, it's, we don't uh, need it. Because yeah. yeah, and if you're in Oregon or Washington State or God forbid Canada, this is a lifesaver because it's like dark until ten in the morning <laughs> uh, all winter, and so you don't want kids going to school in the dark and so forth. So I, I have mixed. I don't know. I've heard from both sides now, and like you, Commissioner Elmer Dewitt, <laughs> counselor, counselor, counselor. I am uh, I am now uh, I am uh, now neutral on the subject, but you, we got to get rid of the copper penny. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's just absurd. Uh, by the way, Jaws, Greg Jawsweak has has confirmed there Apple will move to USB C. Well, we knew that because Europe said they had to, but uh, Apple has finally said yes. Did he say though, Philip, whether it was this year? 2015 no, he, or is it going to be? Uh, he said he would comply with the law. Comply with uh, the law, whatever that yeah. is. That, Joanna Stern was great. She uh, she got the two of them, uh, he and Craig Federici, for half an hour at a Wall Street Journal event. She was just working her butt off to try to get them to confirm something, and that's what she got. Otherwise, oh, they, they kept ducking the questions. They're talking horrible. to Apple is like talking to you like I, I, I don't know like like a brick wall sometimes like trying to get them yeah, to answer like, anything it's amazing like the, yeah. the worst bureaucrats you ever run into yeah. uh, yep. I almost always eschew interviews with uh, chief executive officers and sports figures musicians are yeah. also they, pretty they, bad they say nothing they say nothing yeah. and the yeah. CEOs are trained to say nothing I mean like they are adept at saying nothing. Politicians mm. too. In fact, frankly, you know, never want to interview anybody who, uh, who you think would be interesting. <laughs> 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 the most interesting people are just normal people, because they got no nothing to hide. I guess. I don't know. I always I made it a point to be interesting. I thought that was my. Well, job. you're great. I found. Uh, yeah, I'll <laughs> interview you any day. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's actually an interesting point, though. Uh, because it's a good get, right? It's prestigious, like Joanna Stern got. That's prestigious, but it's murder. Yeah, it's like they're not going to say anything ever. She gave them uh, goodie bags of all old cables, old. Uh, <laughs> cables. She's good at good the bit, stunt. She's the queen of the yeah. media stunt. Well, she used to be on yeah. Twitter until she became a big shot at Wall Street Journal. But she's <laughs> she became at the Journal because they made her do video. The queen yeah. of the stunt. It, I, I'm wondering. Well, she she crashed that, cars to, to test. She the, crashed cars to test the watch. Yeah, <laughs> which is a stunt. With, yeah, you know, and of course you know about the roller coasters. So it's that's kind of a cool story. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Is that? <laughs> oh, you uh, did. If you yeah. is, so, I don't know what the upshot. I would imagine by now the 911 centers that are near amusement parks <laughs> are are because you get uh, you'll get a call. From somebody's watch saying, "I don't know what happened, but this guy can't be good. You better send. You better send an ambulance." And it turns out the guy was just on the Six Flags roller coaster. Right. All they and have they, to do and, is say, "Is it a Six Flags?" Oh, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> but then, what if somebody died on a roller coaster mm. and they didn't, and then didn't show up because they thought it was just spurious? So I don't know what you do. You, you tweak the algorithm. That's what you do. That's right. I, 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 yeah. I, I wonder what you, what you guys think about. 
government mandating an interface like USB-C. I thought that was overboard myself. I, I, what, when, when, when something better than USB-C comes along, will it be forbidden? No, because I, we're just like, we're stuck with this. It's, it's the metric system. USB-C is the metric they, they system. Would, we're with it. They, they would update it down the line. But it's, it's one of those things I do remember, like going on CNBC or something like when Lightning was debuting and saying that was 2012, right? So uh, 10 years ago, I was like, USB-C is right there. Everyone is going to be moving to USB-C. I don't know why Apple's doing this other thing. Now they're kind of forced to do it. I think the lightning connector is kind of, uh, at least for me and my phone's kind of a disaster because I don't know if it's my pockets or what, but there's always like a ton of lint that gets in there lint. where that's right. Lint gets in there and my, the connection with the cable is always a little finicky. So now on my, on my, in my car with CarPlay, no matter which cable I use, if the phone shifts just a little bit, I lose yeah. my CarPlay entirely yeah. because of the way lightning is constructed. Mm. So yeah, get rid of it. USB-C is at least a little stronger, I think. Yeah. Doc, it's also, a, the gold the gold wears out. Uh, yep. yep. Your, your point is interesting, Doc, because actually that's what Alex Lindsay on MacBreak Weekly says all the time is you don't want government to get involved in mandating user interface features. But at the same time, I, I argue, and I'm not, I don't disagree with that. I, I mean, the government's the last people who should be specifying tech specs. But at the same time, there is a benefit, isn't there, to having mm -hmm. – remember when laptops, every one of them had a proprietary charger? That was awful. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Should, it, well, the, but the market solved that, I guess. Sort of. Like USB-C itself mm -hmm. is a is a messy standard, and a lot of people have written about that. Like different voltages, it's hard to tell. Like, will my laptop charge on this phone charger? That's all unclear. So USB-C is not a huge win, but I think overall like – Okay, I can plug my phone into this thing. Let's see if it charges. Like, uh, at the very least, I could do that, you know, and that's better than lightning and everything. I had a caller on the radio show asking that perfectly legitimate question. He says, I bought a, uh, a, a dongle, you know, yep. had a lot of ports on it, and it had a little tail. <laughs> he says, and I can't reach the back of my computer with his tail, so I'm going to get a USB-C extender. But how do nope. I know if the USB-C extender will do all the things the dongle will do? And I said, well, in theory, there should be a silkscreen logo that tells you what it does, but nobody does that. So the, the standard calls for it, but nobody adheres to the standard, I guess. And so, yeah, you don't yeah. know. And, 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 it's, and it's not just will it carry data. It's, well, what speed? Is it Thunderbolt 4, Thunderbolt 3, USB 2.1, USB 2? Does it charge? Does it do video? What does it do? I don't know. No one can tell. Just plug it in. That's your solution? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Okay. Let's take a little break. Devendra's got 10 minutes. Woo! 10 minutes. And I'm down, and I'm down to 7% battery. So I'm oh, my God. Out. You're just going to die. <laughs> you're just going to die on us. Is, you mean your, oh, your headset. Oh, good. Okay. I yeah. My segue's down to zero, I'll tell you. This Week in Tech brought to you today by ExpressVPN. What if there was someone out there who kept a log of all the things you did online? Like, you don't even have to show them your internet history. They already know. Well, guess what? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's happening. If you don't use ExpressVPN, your internet service provider not only does it, it's legal. They're allowed to log every website you've ever visited. And it is also allowed, in fact, legal to sell that data to anyone, to marketers. Anyone will pay. That's just one of many reasons why... ExpressVPN is a must, even if you're at home. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers. So 
it's scrambled the minute it comes out the back of your computer. Your internet service provider can't see, can't log what you do online. They don't see anything but random noise. Now, this brings up an important question. Well, if I'm routing all my data through a VPN, doesn't that just mean the VPN can see what I'm doing? Can't they do the same thing and log my data? You're right. Many VPNs claim to have a no-log policy, but they've been caught logging customer activity. Even worse, free VPNs, how do you think they pay for that uh, server? They, they, they're selling everything they can. But I love ExpressVPN because they don't. You know, it's in their privacy policy we don't log. We know they don't log. They go the extra mile not to log. We know they don't log because from time to time, it's happened many times, especially in countries, authoritarian countries, where they don't need a warrant. They'll just come. They It happened in Turkey. They seize the server. No knock. Just come in, take the server. There's never anything on it. <laughs> They're frustrated every single time. And that's because ExpressVPN goes the extra mile to really protect your privacy. They use something they designed called Trusted Server. In fact, they were the first major VPN provider to engineer all their VPN servers, these trusted servers, to run in RAM only. They're running completely in RAM. When you open the VPN connection, it spins up the trusted server in RAM. It's sandboxed in RAM, so it can't write to the drive. And when you close the server, it goes away. It's yours and yours alone. No one else is using it, and it goes away, and there's no trace left. Nothing left. Furthermore, they use a custom Debian install that automatically wipes the entire drive every reboot, and they do that every single day. So even if somehow they were able to write to the drive, there'd be nothing left the next day. It is impossible for their VPN service to store any data, including logs of any ExpressVPN customer. So your privacy is absolutely protected. They know that's their business. You don't even have to take my word or ExpressVPN's word for this. They're so confident. They know they do this. They've actually had PricewaterhouseCoopers, one of the biggest insurance companies in the world, assurance companies in the world, audit it, and PricewaterhouseCoopers said, nope, you're right. Trusted server works as explained. Their policy, their privacy policy is absolutely 100% adhered to. They do not log. That's why CNET, Wired, TechRadar, countless others rate ExpressVPN number one. It's why I use it. It's the only VPN I use. It's the only one you should use. Stop letting people log what you do online. Start watching content without any geographic restrictions. Start protecting yourself against hackers and malicious actors on open Wi-Fi networks at hotels and conferences and coffee shops and cruise ships. ExpressVPN.com. Go there right now. ExpressVPN.com slash twit. Please use that slash twit to find out how you can get three months free with a one-year package. That's the best price Look, it's not free. I understand. It's a fair price. It's less than seven bucks a month and you get the best service. They use that money to make sure they rotate IP addresses regularly. That's very important for for eliminating geographic restrictions. They make sure that their servers have the fastest connections possible so you don't feel like you're bogged down by them. I mean, that the money goes to a really good cause, the best VPN service out there. EXPRESSVPN.com slash Twit, take advantage of this special offer. Get three months free at expressvpn.com slash twit. We are big fans. It's the only one I use. And I have verified personally that they do it right. Philip Elmer DeWitt is here. PED 3-0. His battery has been charged. 
I'm up to eight <laughs> <laughs> percent. Woo! Uh, for a few more minutes, we got uh, we've got Devendra Hardwar. Love having Devendra on. He is uh, at Engadget, where he's a senior editor. You liked the for the uh, GTX forty ninety, didn't you? In, in I mean, I sure it's it's crazy powerful. I don't think anybody should buy it. You know, I, I don't think a a sane person, you know, would probably wait for the for the forty eighty and the forty seventy, but. It is very nice. It's it's like having a Ferrari just sit in my garage. I'm like, well, I, I can't deny it's a very fast car. It it's, does what it's supposed to do. It's kind yeah. of the opposite of what uh, NVIDIA has done in the past. Usually they'll release like the 3080 and then they'll do the titanium mm-hmm. version. They'll slowly, you know, release better yep. versions. They, they're doing it the other way around. This is the top. I, I think because they needed they needed the like big headline of like just how freaking fast this thing is. Whereas the others may not be as big a leap between the 3000 series uh, GPUs. So, you know. It kind of makes sense in, yeah. that, in that respect. Yeah. How did you, you, your review says unholy power. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot. I forgot I wrote that. <laughs> it's, it's just so, I, I had to upgrade my power supply. Well, that's what I was asking. This thing. Yeah, yeah. How did you review it? You put it in your computer? Oh yeah. I, I was, once I saw, so first of all, we don't typically get the, the like 90 series GPUs reviewed in gadget. Like we're not as cool as like right. some of the other PC hardware folks. But when, once I saw that was coming, I was like, okay, well, I have a 750 watt uh, power supply right now. That's probably not going to be enough. And also I was rebuilding my system for the new uh, AMD chips as well. So I was doing this whole rebuild. I was like, got to get at least a thousand watts. Once that, that fine, that was fine. Like setting that whole thing up. The 4090 required um, four, four. Of the, the power four. connectors. Four. And we've heard from some sources yeah. that these melt sometimes. The adapter they're using, because it's, there's just so much power coming out of that thing, for a couple of people, has melted. That's impressive, uh, newer though, power if supplies. you melted yeah. your power supply. It's it's too much. It's it feels like you're you're uh you know Doc in Back to the Future. It just feels like a crazy thing. I don't I don't know if I should be plugging any of these things in because uh this first of all this graphics card is so big it's almost as wide as my entire case. Uh it's it's just just a crazy experience. If you have a newer power supply, you can use one cable. And I actually just learned my modular power supply has like I can buy an extra cable to kind of do it for the ah, new power supply good, standard. So good. you you newer ones will be okay, hopefully. Yeah, I I in a way I like this. Apple does this once in a while where a company says, okay, what would you do if there were no limits? Like we didn't worry about what the street price yep. was going to end up being. We just put in the best technology we had. What would that look like? And no, I mean most, I you know what GPUs are one of those things I could see people spending sixteen hundred bucks for the forty. Sure. Sure. Especially if if it's part of your business, if you're encoding video or rendering 3D, it's like that is a that is that's going to save you time and save you money ultimately, right? right. So it's worth it. Yeah, it's 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 hysterical. <laughs> gamers don't need it. I I could say oh this. really because that's no what I would thought. It. That's what I would yeah. thought would be interested in this. Not gamers. This this is more of like a Titan for people who are buying Titan cards. This is probably oh, okay. a better alternative to that. Okay. Yeah, it's for Blender and you mm-hmm. know Cinema 4D and stuff like that. Okay. Yep. Okay, I get it. Do you want to take off to Vendra? I, 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 I don't want to keep you here if your daughter is... I'll, I'll jet. I just say we're in yeah. the middle of bath time and baby put down it's time. and got to make sure my daughter's okay. Time. So yeah, But yeah, daughter- I, I do miss uh, doing long twits because since my son was born, I haven't been able to do a twit, I believe. So, you know, it's been fun chatting. Yeah. Aw. It was nice to meet you. Nice Come back sometime. Yeah, good to see you all. 
when your kids are in Vegas or something. <laughs> just you know, once uh, once things have settled down a little bit. But yeah, I, yeah, let's do a family trip to Vegas. That'll be eye opening for everybody, right? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Thank you, Devendra. Right. Great to see Thank you, you Devendra Hardware, uh, senior editor at Engadget.com, and a great, great guy. We love you. Have Thanks. fun. Later, bath guys. time. I miss bath time. <laughs> that was fun. I always liked it. I always liked it. Especially when the kids were really little and they could bathe together. And it was just so much. It was so cute. It was so fun. Wired Magazine in their ideas section. And I thought, I've got two senior statesmen of the technology industry here. Three, if you include me. <laughs> now that we got rid of the kid. Uh, we could talk. <laughs> I want to talk about this. Doc Searles, Philip Elmer DeWitt. I thought this was a really interesting article that really pinpoints, I think, a larger problem in the tech industry. Oh, now I have to... By the way, here's another problem. I've got to log in. Okay. I should have done this beforehand. But the premise is, when you have an entire tech industry set up along the notion that in order to make it, you have to raise money with VC companies who then are going to put a lot of pressure on you to make an exit, uh, that maybe ultimately this isn't the best way to run a company. And it kind of got me thinking, not just about that in tech companies, but companies in general that are motivated, that, that feel like their business is to make money for the stakeholders, not to serve customers. Now, that's not a problem when those two goals are aligned. But if they're not, and sometimes they're not, then it's a bad for customers. It's a bad experience. Uh, the author of this, actually authors, there's three people, Pia Mancini, who's the CEO and co-founder at Open Collective and chair of the Democracy Earth Foundation. That gives you an idea of where we're going with this. Alana Irving, an open source uh, developer uh, who also builds tools for communities for radical participation and cooperation. And Nathan Hewitt, who's a New York City-based fiscal sponsorship professional, governance nerd, local activist, and ambient musician. All three, I think, very progressive say startups find themselves stuck between a rock and a hard place. They need funding to make something special. But their only options are infinite growth or to escape to sell. The options for selling, also known as exiting, are limited. Companies can either go public via an IPO or work to be purchased by another company through an acquisition. In both cases, if that's your target, the company's at risk of losing focus and being beholden to stakeholders that do not include the communities served they propose an open collective is is behind this uh, a different idea where essentially the exit is you sell to your customers so the example here with twitter would be instead of selling to the richest man in the world what if twitter somehow could figure out a way to sell it to the users and then be responsible for serving the users, not the financial markets. What do you think, Doc? Oh, boy. I, it, it, the first thing that jumps back to me with is uh, I was at a party in like 1999, and there was this guy who was 
a young entrepreneur and he said, um, and he had, I asked him what he was doing. He said, I've been, we're an arms merchant to the portals industry back when portals were a thing. And, <laughs> oh, and I said, that's an industry. I, I did, And I asked him a bunch of tough questions. I finally asked, how are sales? And he said, they're great. We just closed our second round of financing for $25 million. Wow. And, and even though I already knew this, it, what came across to me is that, wow, every company has two markets, one for its goods and services yes. and the other for itself. Yes. And what happened is that, is that the, this, this happened in Silicon Valley for decades, you know, where the second one, where the, the value of the company itself overcomes the value of whatever the company's goods and services are. And, and it, so that's one thing that just sort of sticks in my mind about this. And another is that there's, there always these state, I mean, I don't think most, um, investors want necessarily you to go straight to exit. Although often you get that question, what's your exit? You know, like, I don't have an exit. I just want to grow the thing is that, but there are these stages that companies go through, which are like new, hot and big, and they're very different. And, and, and I think most of the time when you're talking about exit, it's when things are not going that well. So I'm wondering, Philip, is that true? That, that if, if you, if you look for the, like a word cloud where exit suddenly gets really big, is it not when companies are in trouble? No, I don't think it's necessarily that uh, it, it, it is, I agree that it's not a good situation because if you're aiming for an exit strategy, well, if, if an IPO, at least the product continues. Uh, if it, if you're looking to be acquired, often the product disappears. They're buying the IP or they're buying the talent. Uh, so it's very, very far removed from serving the users. I, I hate to keep going back to Apple, but that's what I know about. One of the one of the things that made it great was they're focused on the user experience. They made an effort to make it make this stuff relatively easy to use. They had they had what it was what your experience was going to be like as part of their design strategy. I I think they've gotten away from that. The the iPhone is incredibly complicated now and has a much higher learning curve than it did. But at least they were initially focused on that. Now they're more about money. Um, Let me I, uh, the, go ahead, Doc. I'm thinking about your premise that the exit to sale is always a sign of a company not doing well. I'm thinking about some of the big exits we know of YouTube selling to Google. That probably was necessary. YouTube yeah. couldn't succeed as a small company because they were going to get sued out of existence. Maybe not WhatsApp, which was a tiny company selling to Facebook or Instagram for a billion dollars to Facebook. Again, tiny companies, probably very glad to get the big check. Here's the counterexample, though. This is more recent. Adobe just bought Figma for $20 billion. Figma was not suffering. Figma was about mm -hmm. to kill Adobe. Uh, now, there's always, I'm sure the founders had reasons, yeah, yeah. you know, but they, the reason wasn't, oh, God, we're in trouble. The reason probably was more like, <laughs> 20 billion six comma club it was so much money that they couldn't say no and i think that happens too so it isn't an exit and now yeah. i don't think figma was built to be acquired by the way I, I doubt very much it was built to be acquired i don't know what their plans were um but they certainly yeah, had a big a, payday it's just a sense that i had i i i, I don't know i mean it, it there's there, there are plenty of examples of all these things. And, just, and of course, I've, I've dealt over the years with a lot of startups because, you know, I kind of like push along new ideas and some people pick up on them. Most of them fail. 
Yeah, and they're always looking for an exit before they hit the ground. You yeah. know, so, oh, so you have a lot of experience with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And there's no so, IPO so in it's, that it's biased. Yeah. No, it's, well, exactly. Me, it's when, when there's not an IPO, it's like, well, maybe there's, you know, you know, some money company or something could buy us or there's right. some other exit, you know. But No, I, I, you know, being a founder myself, there was never going to be an IPO for Twit. But as headwinds started to, to stir up, with the ad market because Spotify and iHeart and Amazon were killing the RSS podcast market by taking these, buying up these companies, buying up these shows and making them exclusive. Uh, advertisers suddenly said, well, you know, I, I can tell you exactly who's listened to my ad on Joe Rogan because it's through exp Spotify, the app. And so it's worth a million dollars and I'm not going to buy Twit because all, what do you know about your audience? Nothing. They, I know they're, I know they subscribe to our yeah. RSS feed. So we too, for that very reason, kind of seeing these headwinds coming, unfortunately pandemic killed us, but we thought about, you know, we should probably try to get acquired by these guys because at some point it's, and I, that point is rapidly coming where it's almost impossible to sell ads because any advertiser well, is going to say, well, why should, why should I buy an ad from you? You can't tell me anything about who's, who's listening. Well, this is a, this is a gigantic moral question. Um, and of course, this is something I, I dwell on almost exclusively, uh, which is that it, it is morally wrong to follow people without their invitation or a court order. And there's a trillion, two trillion dollar business based on that. And that's what's going on with Spotify and the rest of that, I suppose. I haven't followed them so much, but um, you don't Spotify spent half a billion dollars acquiring ad tech. I know for the I, I, well, industry, I, I, right? did they did they is that what they did? I mean, yeah. I. I could see acquiring the Ringer. I mean, I, I think they the wanted Ringer, to be in the podcast Rogan, business. But then more than yeah. that, they acquired Anchor FM, capability to make podcasts. They acquired Chartable and Pod Sites, the tracking, the the ad tracking companies that we used, and then pulled the plug for us. They said, "No, nah, you can't use us anymore." So they're going uh, vertical and exclusive. They, yeah, they're killing. Pod yeah, they're they're literally killing RSS based podcasting. By acquiring yeah. it all. And, and you don't spend half a billion dollars to acquire stuff like that and you, unless you have a pretty good plan to monetize it. Well, you know, so, okay, so I listened to a bunch of Ringer podcasts especially. And all of the ads, that I don't think I'm, those any of the ads that I hear there are personalized. They're, they're generally people like, like uh, if it's Bill Simmons, he's like you. You're talking about ExpressVPN or one of the other sponsors. Um um, and they, they, you know, a lot of them are fan duel, of course, because, but they're kind of gambling oriented, but I have a sense that they're personalized at all to and, you, but is to you, but to, but they are personalized yeah. to the, 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 the sports fan who would be listening to those shows, I guess. Well, it, I mean, if it's generalized that way, and I mean, I don't mind them finding out how, I mean, I don't mind them knowing that I skipped over the ads, but I don't want them knowing it's necessarily me. <laughs> and I don't know what they that, do. I, I don't know what the feedback there is, you know. And I mean, if of course I'm I'm listening generally on Apple's thing, and, and though sometimes I listen to Overcast or one of the others Downcast. Oh, so but so as long as you can I'm still listen to forward, Ringer on something besides Spotify, they have. I never listen to it on Spotify. I've never listened. Then to Spotify. you are a normal I don't have person. Spotify. But understand, Spotify's yeah. goal, as they did with Joe Rogan, I know they to want take... to, they want to suck in the market. Right. And one of the reasons that I, you know, I mean, something I have a trouble with, it, less with sports than with some other topics, um, is that, and only because sports is evanescent and it's of no interest two weeks or five weeks from now, but um, I don't like that 
all of a sudden all of the archives are available only to subscribers. You know, right. I, I don't like that. And and I suppose that's the case with Joe. There Rogan will come well. a day with Ringer where you will have to download the Spotify app if you want to keep listening. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I will do it. It's not worth. But that's it actually me. supposedly, and I. Uh, it's hard to confirm this because it's a in in internal thing, but I have seen some evidence, and it's kind of inductive reasoning that Joe Rogan's influence has dropped when he went exclusive which they think is evidence that the audience dropped because there are many people who would not continue to listen if you had to get a podcast app to listen other than the one they liked. Yeah. And maybe that would happen with Ringer too. Maybe in fact, that's why Spotify hasn't moved Ringer uh, to an exclusive deal yet. They did right away with Rogan. They even took him off YouTube. Um, so to get back to my original premise, Figma, which has devoted users, loved it. Sold to Adobe. Adobe had to make the acquisition because Figma was basically eating their lunch. Users are unhappy about this. This is how it works. Wouldn't it be nice if there had been some sort of way that the community that uses Figma could have acquired it and control it and keep Figma focused on its customers instead of focused on making money for Adobe? That's the premise of this Wired editorial. The SEC doesn't get involved when someone like Adobe buys its competitor. Oh, although there will definitely be regulatory uh, approval, I'm sure, on this. Uh, you look, Facebook just told they can't buy Giphy by the UK. So that deal is off for that very mm -hmm. reason. It's anti-competitive. Facebook slash meta. Uh, yeah, maybe Figma, maybe that'll be stopped. But let's face it, uh, if, you're, if you're relying on... <laughs> the U.S. government or EU or the U.K. to protect consumer interests in these acquisitions, you've been mightily disappointed over the last 40 years. Right. Right. There's, been no, there's been no success in that area. I think, I think the challenge of getting the users to everybody to pony up would be huge. Um, I mean, think about yeah. it. If, if every Twitter user was invited to buy Twitter, all you have to do is throw in 10 bucks. I'd be surprised if 10% responded. Yeah. I mean, in a way, that's what a paywall yeah, is. That's what a subscription fee is, is you're counting on your users to support you. Right. But it could, I guess the users, no matter how much they paid for Figma, couldn't come up with $20 billion. Right. So the no, community so probably couldn't either. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think it's a, it's not a viable. real option, but a related fact, though, it's not a fact, it's it's a supposition on my part, but I think it's correct, is that Wired has gotten better lately. And yeah, this I is think a it's, really interesting piece. I agree It's really, yeah. it's gotten better and better, and it's since Gideon Litchfield got there. He was at Quartz before that. I knew him through that. But I actually have one laying over here. There's a Wired that I, I I've been meaning An to write actual, a story wait about. Wait a minute, it. what? A magazine? They still have a, Wired. They still do I that. I still get it. I get that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get that. It's, it's not real thick, you'll see, but... Yeah. Um, but they're actually selling actual ads to companies, you know, and and that's that's cool. The but the quality of the edit, of the of the editorial in it is getting better and better. I agree with you. And uh, you and, you, I, and is, I like is that. Is the I legibility of the page getting better? Because no. that was <laughs> um, it, it's it's always a, it's a triumph of design over readability. It always has been. You know, it's a, the day the day glow colors the. The, you know, the, the type that falls off the page and stuff like that. I have but, to say Wired um, is doing what many paywalled uh, magazines and, uh, do, 
which is essentially saying, look, just buy access to the digital content. We'll throw in the print version. It's for probably free, true, right? <laughs> you know, I, yeah, but I the, get Barron's and Business Week. Uh, they come into my mailbox every week or month, and I have to throw them away. I don't want them. Yeah, I don't want them. Please, uh, please don't send me <laughs> the paper magazine. I got the Atlantic for the same reason because. You're buying the digital access, and they just kind of look. Just please take the take the print edition, please. <laughs> I don't want them. Who wants them anymore? My yeah. mom, my mom, bless your soul, ninety years old or will be in January. Uh, bought me the New York Review of Books for a whole year. Oh and boy. It was, I mean, is it still in paper? Is it still on newsprint? Is it still on newsprint? newsprint? It's a tabloid size. It's huge. Um. It's hard to read. It's hard to read. It's really tiny print, <laughs> and I find I was it, I, it was hard for me to say this to her, but I said, "Mom, I'm just going to read it online if you don't mind. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Don't get me the print edition, thank you. But no. the 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 thing is that I I mean, and this is I mean, I'm I'm close to alone. You guys are with me, I think. At least I know you are, Leo. Which is that I. What I like about the Wired magazine, or like any print magazine, is I know I'm not being followed. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. I'm not being spied on with that thing. Where, and I have to, while I'll praise um, Condi Nast for you know managing Wired well and hiring the right people and all that, their subscription system sucks. Oh, it's awful, it's horrible. And and on top of that, they track the living <laughs> out of you, and and it's just wrong. It's just wrong. And they don't. And you know, but but that's the way advertising is done right now. I actually wonder going back to the the start of the show, whether or not that stock drop for Meta and uh, Amazon and and uh, and Alphabet had anything to do with the fact that Apple is doing a really good job on at least talking privacy well with ATT, and, and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah well, and yeah, I mean, and, and, and to tell the truth, I mean, I, I'm an absolutist on this. There should never have been an I, a, a, a an advertising ID on a phone ever. It should never have been there. They put it there when they were in the business. You know, here's your advertising identifier. Um, I, I, I don't want that. I think most people actually wouldn't, but there it is. But anyway, there, as sooner uh, no, or later, absolutely. that business has to collapse. The ATT definitely hurt. I mean, Facebook, it was really clear. I find um, myself saying, okay, okay, I'll give me your cookies. It's just too much work. Poem beneath the statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, your, your cookies. We, we'll take them all. Yeah, we'll take them all. Well, I, I heard a good one the other day, which is, well, look, it's not cancer. It's only fleas. Everybody's covered in fleas. It's fleas. But, but, but there's a trillion, the two trillion, there's a two trillion dollar business in fleas. There, so well, put it's up face with the fleas. Mind. You live with yeah, face mites. Right. You know they're there. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, they're, they're icky. But, but I, but I have a, you know, I mean, it, it, there are so many people you could have on the show to talk about this. It's not me, but because they have the numbers. But for the most part, that doesn't work. It actually doesn't work. That's my, that's people. exactly right. If you say it the actually does ads not aren't work. targeting you, that could be because they're not tracking you, but it's much more likely because their targeting doesn't work that well. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and, I mean, I I've always liked the fact that the sports section of the newspaper was sponsored by car dealers and tire sellers. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I, I and and I I and I think that I mean, there's a wonderful piece written by Ambler and Hollier, two two researchers like 20 years ago, called the 
the waste and the waste in advertising is the part that works. Like I know the 15 minutes will save me 15% with Geico. I don't have Geico, yeah. but Geico is in my brain yeah. because I've heard that a thousand and, times. And you can't and, let go of the jingle where they say the name of the company four times and that's it. Liberty, 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 Liberty. That's and, the, and that little that's Liberty, it. Yeah, and the farmer's thing. And I mean, yeah. the insurance um, people are doing the best job. They're I mean, so good. Geico was nowhere before they advertised like, so like they do. And, yep. um, it's, I mean, the, the cre- creative advertising actually works for making brands. Most of the brands you know were made by advertising. There are a few exceptions like Trader Joe's and Zara, but for the most part, a lot of advertising bought that and just because they sponsor shows. It's what pays too much money to all the athletes you like, right? That's, that's old-fashioned advertising, but it's, it's because the world is digital now and because we can be spied on, everybody in the ad business. I mean, the most quoted thing I've written in the last few years was Madison Avenue fell asleep, direct marketing ate its brain, and it woke up as an alien replica of itself. <laughs> that alien replica is running things right now. Yeah. And, I mean, behind me, you can see it, but over my head there, uh, just back there, on that, on a, on a, on a blanket. I'm in a basement in Indiana right now, but the, that's a, there's an LA times that I saved. It was on somebody's front lawn when I was in LA this spring. It had two ads in it. Oh just my two. God. Just two. And they were oh. small. One was for a lawyer and one was for, uh, um, the art theater chain, the Lemley theater. There was nothing else. Nada. And they're like, well, they're, they, they still have like 150,000, subscribers to the physical paper that's not nothing it's just nobody knows how to sell it they, they, they don't well, have a staff they're selling it anymore that's exactly what's happening in podcasting and you know we have advertisers and the advertisers we have know that their ads work i mean they're going after a tech audience so you notice they're all tech companies yeah but they yeah. know they work uh they most of them have been with us for years audible's with, with us for a decade they know it works and so this lure of, but you could know more about the people listening, is really specious. It's 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 kind of evil, because what does it matter? As long as it works, it's working. And this whole idea of targeting and all this stuff is a is I think snake oil, and unfortunately, yeah. people fall for it. Because because there's lots of tendentious math that you could put together to say that it works, and for the most part, it does not. There's a um, a really great uh, section of the book, The Filter Bubble, by Eli Pariser that came out back in 2012, I think it was, and um, which he said that all of this is based on what he calls a bad theory of you, <laughs> you know, that that you're buying something all the time. You're not. You're not buying something all the time. Yeah. But you might buy something you've heard about a lot. When it comes time when to buy time. that thing. Yes. Yeah, when it's time. But you're not buying something right now. We're owning things all the time, but they make it really difficult to own something. That's one way that Apple just kills. I, I they their service, there there are glitches, their times is not great. There aren't they're not those are all, aren't all geniuses behind the bar. But I know I could get help. I know I can call those guys up yep. and I get get a good answer. And nine times out of ten I do. To the and degree I'm, I'm in, that companies yeah are serving their, I think, serving their customers, even though the market would like them to maximize profits and sometimes screw customers, to the degree that they win the customer's loyalty and they serve their customers, I think in the long run, maybe not in the quarterly run, but in the long run, that's how you're going to succeed. Amazon, very, you know, that was Jeff Bezos's credo, super serve the customer. I'm not sure that's the case anymore. 
Um, they're they're playing the advertising game, and and yeah. Philip, maybe you could tell me tell us more about this. But their margins, I mean, their their profits went way up when they got into the creepy advertising business. And it's good um, money. It's hard to say yeah, no. It's it's good it's good money. But um, super serving the customers, good. And by the way, I got really good customer service from Amazon the other day when two things weren't delivered. You know, they they just delivered them again. It's actually know, an interesting uh, problem for Amazon yeah. because they do want to make it easy to return stuff. But it ends up they have a bunch of stuff they can't sell, and so they just kind of bury it in landfill. And yeah, and I'm, I'm told, told a, a guy at Costco told me that you bring you bring back anything to Costco, it's gone. It's gone. They're, they're not yeah, going to resell they, it. They, they can't. They, yeah. They're not going to resell it. No. It just goes somewhere else. I don't know where. So but. there is a high cost to a customer service, I guess. Uh, this just in: breaking news from Casey Newton's platformer. We were talking about him. Twitter is strongly considering making its users pay. To remain verified. You like your blue check? Platformers learned if the project makes forward, users would have to subscribe to Twitter Blue at four ninety nine a month or lose their badges. I'm sure this is just being workshopped like about a thousand other ideas. Yeah. Uh, well, they have maybe they didn't fire the people paying, who are workshopping that. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're paying for yours, you said. Yeah, but not you're for the check. For- I'm playing for the other features. And I actually, like probably like you, uh, Doc, uh, paid for Twitter Blue because I wanted to support Twitter. I never did. Oh. I didn't even. I, in fact, till you mentioned it, I didn't know what Twitter didn't Blue even was. Know it existed. And, I I, and I don't have a blue check mark. There's so a problem right there. That's a problem. I mean, I, right I've there. been on them since. Since I mean, I know Ev Williams, I, and I got on it like a day two. Yeah. You know, but still, you know. Um, yeah, I, I did too. Two thousand six. I don't even know how you get the blue check or what that's about. I no mean, one I, does. I know it's called verified. Yeah, no But one I didn't does. know what the process was. It yeah. looked like work. I didn't need the work, so I never did anything. <laughs> does it matter? No. I, I did no. the work and didn't get the check, so. Oh, for oh no, so it's terrible. That's <laughs> terrible. I'm sorry. Well, as somebody with a blue check, I can tell you it means absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> and would I pay four ninety nine a month just for that? No, Elon, I wouldn't. Uh, let's take a little break. We'll have some more in just a bit with our uh, dwindling panel. <laughs> uh, Philip Elmer DeWitt, great to have you. PED30.com is the website for the best Apple coverage. And I'm going to say it with a, with a financial slant. If you're an Apple investor and you're not reading yeah. PED30, you're missing out. That's really how you keep up on what's going on. It uh, is definitely pitched for investors. Yeah, That's what it's yeah. for. Dumb me. I didn't know. I went to that meeting. Little did I know. I'm, I'm just glad they didn't lynch me or burn me or something. I don't know. Also, the great Doc Searles. And by the way, one of the reasons I bring up these deep philosophical things about the future of, you know, investing in, uh, in companies and community ownership stuff is because Doc wrote the definitive book on companies and their relationship to their customers. It res- resonates 20 years later. Clue Train Manifesto. You can read it online. Get on the Clue Train. Uh, David Weinberger, also uh, your co-author. Yeah, we, I co-wrote it with two other guys. And brilliant. Other guys, just but. brilliant. And and still true. And I've told you this, Doc, but I'll, I'll say it to, the, to our Twitter audience. When I was at Tech TV, I really felt like they didn't understand their business, what business they were in. And they and they were really struggling. I remember the Tech TV guys coming up to me because I said, look, you got to reach you're, you're you're talking to an enthusiast audience. You're acting as if you're ESPN, but you got to explain what football is. This audience knows. They're enthusiasts. <laughs> serve them. Super serve them. There are 14 million programmers in the United States. Serve them. And this is what the, the boss told me. He said, Leo, Leo, 
I got to tell you this, and every advertiser knows it. Brand is the refuge of the ignorant. <laughs> Ad- <laughs> wow. Ad- advertisers, he said, it was his contention, believed that you don't want a smart audience. They won't fall for it. If you want your brand to succeed, you got to advertise to dummies. So that was their reasoning for not going after the tech enthusiasts. You guys are too smart. Wow. Can you believe that? Mm. By the way, hey. Tech TV, long gone, purchased by Comcast, merged with G4. Their gaming network formed G4 TV, fired me. I was gone. Uh, that went out of business a few years later. They tried to bring it back last year. They just announced this week. No, it's over. G4 is gone. So uh, <laughs> I, I've survived. I have outlived now Tech TV, G4, and I'm hoping to outlive the chief twit over there at the Bluebird site. <laughs> I am going to outlive you, Elon, if it's the last thing I do. Our uh, our show today, <laughs> our show today brought to you. Anyway, everybody should read the Clue Train. I bought the Clue Train after he told me that brand is a refuge of the ignorant. I bought him Clue Train. I bought everybody at Tech TV a copy. I bought twenty copies. Gave it to all the executives. <laughs> I doubt they read it. They certainly didn't learn a thing from it. <laughs> what can I say? Our audience and our advertisers know that marketing is a conversation. The way we've always treated our advertisers, we're very careful. We pick advertisers we like. And my attitude is I'm introducing this company to you, our users. I'm making an introduction. I'm starting the conversation. Our show today this week brought to you by Melissa, for instance. You've heard me talk about Melissa before. It's awesome. A leading provider of global data quality and address management solutions. Now, if you're in business, you have address lists. You have supplier lists, customer lists, so forth. Those lists are rotting away Every single day. You're ignoring them, but they're they're rotting away. And poor data quality can cost organizations a lot. Average of $15 million a year. The lower, the longer the poor quality data stays in your system, the worse it gets. The more losses you accumulate. Email addresses change. Addresses change. Names change. Phone numbers change. How are you keeping that data, that most valuable data you've got, your customer data up to date? Melissa. Melissa will never cost you more than you're going to save. To ensure your success, your customer information just has to be accurate. High-quality data saves you money. It doesn't cost you. It saves you. There's another side to inaccurate data, customer service. If a customer already upset with something about your product or service calls up and you address them with the wrong name or verify the wrong address, things can go from bad to worse. Check out Melissa's cloud-based data cleansing and enrichment tool. Easy to use. You upload your file. You choose the data quality service. You map the input fields, process your list. You get it back. It's fresh, clean, sparkling. Melissa's data quality suite also helps eliminate clutter and duplicates. For a long time, I was getting three or four catalogs from Restoration Hardware. These are the big, thick, full-color, expensive catalogs to the same name and address. They didn't, obviously, they didn't have Melissa because they didn't know they were mailing me four copies of the same thing. Imagine how they could have cut their postage and mailing costs. You need this stuff. Batch address cleaning process an entire address list for accuracy and completeness. You can do name verification, parse and standardize first and last names. You can and analyze your data to improve its quality over time. They have email verification. They can remove 95% of bad email addresses just like that. 95%. Melissa's flexible deployment offer, uh, options let you do it the way you want. You can have it on-prem. You can have it as 
a SaaS product. They even have a secure FTP server you can upload your customer list to uh, and then download it. They've got an app on iOS and Google. It's called Lookups. It'll let you search addresses, verify social security numbers, access detailed property data, and more, and all at your fingertips. And the thing you got to know is Melissa cares about that data as much as you do. They protect your data. They undergo continuous independent security audits to reinforce their commitment to data security, privacy, and compliance. This might be important to you. They are SOC 2 compliant, HIPAA compliant, GDPR compliant. Melissa's data quality suite and clean suite speaks for itself, but once again, named a leader this year by G2. Their experience, their independent, 37 years of data quality expertise. That's why more than 10,000 businesses know Melissa as the address experts. And man, their support is second to none. 24-7, world-renowned support from their global support center. Make sure your customer contact data is up to date. Get started today. 1,000 records clean for free. Melissa.com slash twit. M-E-L-I-S-S-A. Melissa.com slash twit. We thank them so much for supporting our show. And if you're in the need of data, you know, address cleansing, data uh, cleansing, please do me a favor, check them out and use that address, melissa.com slash twit. We had a great week this week on the shows. In fact, we've made a little mini movie for your uh, delectation. So this is the Oculus Pro. See? Whoa. Yikes. Oh, my God. I'm terrified. Oh, God. No, I know. I'm not going to do it. I'm going back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm a chicken. <laughs> Previously on Twit. This week in Google. Jeff Jarvis and I get to talk to Rabble. Rabble was the lead developer at Odeo, later worked at Twitter, has a lot of thoughts about the social space and a way to make it better for all of us. The reason Instagram and Twitter, let, you know, even Tinder lets you download all of your data is because the connection between people yes. and the ability to connect to them, address them, and find them is the important thing. That's the thing we need to protect and also make sure are in the hands of users ios today we are taking a look at ipad os 16.1 and so what i can do is i can pick a picture i can just tap and hold on smudge the foster cat um and, and pick it up then i can just drop this over to micah and i can then just hit enter and wow this is a really good You've set a headless cat oh. windows weekly this is my last show co-hosting uh, windows weekly uh, Oh, I know, guys. Uh, I know. But hopefully I'm going to get to come back and be a oh, guest sometime. Anytime you want. Bye, Mary Jo. Oh, Bye, you guys. Bye-bye. See you soon. We'll see you again soon. Look, she just hung up on us. Oh, she- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Twit. You know what, Leo? We deserve it. We do. We earned it. <laughs> Alone at last, naturally. <laughs> Paul and me. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? See? You should yeah. listen to some of our shows, Philip. <laughs> I do. Actually, I boned up. I wanted to see what you'd said about uh, Elon before I got on. Oh, God. Not much. You didn't oh, say God. much. Uh, there was, somebody's telling me now in the chat room, there was a Zoom reunion of the Homebrew Computer Club, and Waz was there. That's cool. I would like to find out yeah. where that was. That's really neat. Uh, that's news to me. We did, a long time ago, a homebrew computer club reunion. I think it was on tech TV, actually. Uh, that was the original computer club. That's where Waz showed the very first 
Apple One computer, and uh, he and Steve offered it as a kit for Homebrew Computer Club. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What about the Model Railroad Club that was at MIT? That was that was even predated it, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. like where the internet sort of half came out of. Yeah. And the homebrew is where uh, Bill Gates showed up and say, wait a minute, you have to pay for software. You don't oh, get it for free. He yelled at them. <laughs> he said, you guys are a bunch of pirates. <laughs> yep. Stop it. Yeah. And this was back when you had to uh, pirate, a letter. pirate it by yeah. stealing the paper tapes, right? Or copying paper tapes. It wasn't easy wasn't easy anyway if you could find the link to that uh alien 78 in our chat room i would love to uh to watch that oh he's looking he's looking he says uh, yeah yeah i'm sure yeah uh sad note but i think an important one i never heard of kathleen booth but maybe hmm. we should honor her passed away at the age of 100 this week she invented oh. assembly language oh my god uh, she was born in Worcester, Worcester, Worcestershire, somewhere. Worcestershire, England. Worcestershire. 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 Like the sauce. Like the, like the sauce. sauce. Worcestershire. Yeah. Uh, in 1922, she, uh, during World War II, she got a bachelor's in mathematics, became a junior scientific officer at the Royal Aircraft Establishment, a research organization. Two years later, became a research assistant at Birkbeck College, Worked at the British Rubber Producers Research Association. That's where she met her future husband, mathematician Donald Booth. In 1946. Oh, he's famous. Booth is more famous. Yeah, probably. Of course, because he's a guy. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, in 1946, uh, she collaborated uh, with uh, uh, Britain. I don't know who Britain is. Another. another uh, oh, wait a minute. That's her maiden name. Sorry, Kathleen yeah. Britton and Booth, they weren't yet married, collaborated at Birkbeck on the automatic relay calculator, founding, in effect, the Department of Computer Science and Information Systems. If there aren't any computers, you can't really have a computer science department. Mm. Uh, they built it. Uh, she and her fellow researcher, Xenia Sweeting, built the hardware. They often did have women build these because they had finer motor skills and they were able to do the f fine wiring and so forth on the early computers. Plus, women were the first computers back when it was pencil and paper. Uh, women were com com you know, computing the, tra the trajectories of mortar rounds and things on pencil and paper, even if you saw uh, that wonderful movie uh, about NASA even doing uh, planetary... Uh, trajectories. Um, what was that movie? Hidden oh, Figures. God. Such a great movie. Hidden uh, Figures. Yeah, hidden hidden figures. figures, yeah. Um, so eventually, she actually, Bernal uh, got funding from the Rockefeller Foundation for Booth and Britain to visit the Institute of Advanced Study at Princeton. Uh, that was where, uh, of course, Albert Einstein was. Um, the only the person who had talked to them yeah. at the time was this guy named John von Neumann, <laughs> who explained his concept of uh, computing, which we now call the von Neumann architecture, the kind of the uh, archetypal computing architecture. They heard this and said, ah, oh. went back to Britain, redesigned their calculator as a von Neumann machine, inventing the first drum memory. In 1948, they moved on to this, this next generation, the third generation, the simple electronic computer, and then the all-purpose electronic X-ray computer, or APE-XC, 
later sold as Heck by the British Tabulating Machine Company. Uh, there it is. There's a Heck uh, with Ray Bird right there. She married uh, Booth, became Kathleen Booth in 1950, got a PhD in applied mathematics from the University of London. They built the hardware. She wrote all the software for the ARC-2 and the SEC machines in the process inventing what she called contracted notation. We know it better now as assembly language, writing at the level of the actual processor. She also invented asynchronous operation. In a book she wrote in 1958 called Programming for an Automatic Digital Calculator, one of the first programming books written by a woman. Uh, we, we talk so little about the women who were so important to the early days of computing. Uh, and I had never heard of Kathleen Booth, but uh, I think we should, on her passing, uh, mark her mass, uh, really amazing uh, contributions to the science. 100 years old, Kathleen Booth. One of the last of the early computer pioneers. May she One story us. about John von Neumann, who is Hungarian. Um, he also, he didn't think that uh, we should be afraid of nuclear power. And he was invited to watch the bomb go off. And he actually exposed himself purposely to the radiation. He flashed the flash? And died of cancer. Yeah, he did. Much later, not immediately. Yeah, well, 1957. <laughs> yeah. He, he died at age 53. Yeah, but he worked on the Manhattan okay. Project. I just read a really good uh, book about him. They didn't mention him flashing the bomb. Wow. Uh, wow. So it cost him. Um, what was the book I just read? It was. It. It was. You really, read a whole. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, no. I think they probably thought that was maybe a little too salacious of a detail. Um. The book actually was only about half about John von Neumann. Um, it was mostly about the, his era and the Hungarian geniuses who, um, um, you know, came out of Hungary pre-war, who were m really massively uh, important to everything that we know of as modern physics, modern computing. He, the book was uh, by Ananyo Bhattacharya called The Man from the Future. And uh, quite, I highly recommend it if you haven't read it. And since you sound like you're interested in John von Neumann and his genitals, you might want to read this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what did he flash? Is that butt? all he exposed? What else did he what expose? Did he expose? <laughs> I had he not heard that. His body. His body. His body. Well, oh, his body. he didn't take off his clothes. He just stood there. No, no, no. Oh, I thought he flashed him. No. no, I thought he had a raincoat and did like this. Oh, he, no. <laughs> he's had his lead, lead line raincoat that he, <laughs> he could open up. Uh, amazing genius. I mean, uh, yeah. a brilliant mathematician. And yeah, the John von Neumann architecture, the von Neumann architecture is how we compute these days. He was the guy who thought of stored memory, programs load from stored memory into RAM. None of this existed. Run in RAM. He thought of that, that whole thing. That's the architecture we know as modern computing so um anyway what else you got what else you got Leo? that's it i like to end with obituaries <laughs> because as you know as we get older those yeah. are the things that tell us we're still alive <laughs> <laughs> somebody once told me that every morning i get i think george burns said that every morning i get up and read the obituaries that's how i know i'm still alive <laughs> good, <job>. good line <laughs> uh, philip great to have you p-e-d-3-o dot com 
Good luck with your political career. Are you going on, perhaps, yeah. to the state? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've had enough. I've had enough. Counselor Elmer, uh, really good to have you on the show. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, always a pleasure. And thank you for that little trivia about John von Neumann. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to search for the facts now. <laughs> uh, I'll tweet it. That'll make there must it, be some. That'll make it canon. We'll just tweet it. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Doc. You were just saying in the chat room that you'd been on uh, Tech TV with us. Way yeah, I, I was. I was on with you, and I was on with um, um, Dvorak. D- no, no. Uh, uh, but uh, why am I blanking at Locker Gnome? Um, oh, Chris Perillo. Yeah, on Chris Call Perillo. for Help. Yeah, Chris yeah, Perillo. Yeah. 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 So what did you talk two. about when you were on? I have no idea. Probably Clue, clue Train. Clue Train. By the way, I'd rather plug the, the the more recent book, which is the the Intention Economy. I wrote that one myself. That is not a bestseller. Screw Weinberger. Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> screw it. No, we actually, Weinberger and I together wrote, um, if you add new clues, the word new clues to the, the URL for uh, the Clue Train Manifesto. In 2015, we wrote um, some additional clues to oh. the Clue Train Manifesto, which are very optimistic. And I think we were right. People so should listen I, to what you guys continue. said, not with just Clue Train, but with the intention economy uh, about customers. And serving yeah. customers. When customers, well, actually, it's like, you know, what are things only customers could solve? There are a lot of things. Actually, I wanted to point to, uh, you know, before we're off, but maybe it doesn't matter. We could bring it up another time to uh, the Linux Foundation is, has the Open Wallet Foundation they want to start up. Google has a wallet. Apple has a wallet. They're not compatible. They both work, you know, but I think we need our own wallets that are not given to us by companies that I think that's possibly the most leveraged thing that we can have since the browser. So I'm writing about that right now. I love this open wallet dot foundation. Yeah. Um, The problem with it is that a big problem. Actually on floss weekly this week, we had um, uh, Hart Montgomery, who is the CTO for the hyperledger foundation, which is under the, under the Linux foundation um, and deals mostly with blockchain related stuff. We talked a lot about the wallet and it got me going on it because I, you know, they're, they are a um, Linux Foundation is a collection of businesses. It's not necessarily you and me. Okay, so it's they work for the companies that pay them in a way. And though they are great with open source, I love them for a lot of things. We need something that's on our side with that one. I agree. You know, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, lots of great interviews on Floss Weekly. I must recommend you go to twit.tv/floss. Uh, listen every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific, noon Eastern, uh, and go back through the catalog because some of the most important people in this space, you and your, your co-hosts have interviewed some of the best. And it's one of the reasons. And, and, yeah, and there's some future stuff. They, they, they see Dave Hughesby is there. He's one of them, S-U-H-U-S-E-B-Y. And he's talking about authentic data and verified data and um data provenance and other stuff like that. He's, he's not, he's complicated, but he's really bright. Yeah. And there, yeah. and these are, those are a lot of these people here out in the future, you know? Yeah. So there's, well, a, lot we gotta com- think, there's you know, a lot of the, coming distractions. This is the time <laughs> to think about the future. I mean, we don't, you know, we talk, uh, of course we talk about what happened this week, uh, but the few, but, but it's not just gonna, it's not gonna happen willy nilly. We can influence what happens next week. And I think it's really important, especially as users, that we do that. Uh, and, and of course, 
I hope you will all vote November 8th. That's probably the most <laughs> valuable, powerful way you can influence yeah. your future. But participate in these other uh, activities like the Linux Foundation, uh, like IndieWeb.org. Uh, and there's so many people who I think are deep thinkers and are really trying to influence uh, this for good, not evil. Because technology is neutral. It's, it's, a, it's amoral. But it can, and it can go either way. And we've seen it, we see it all the time go both ways. It's important that, you know, if you care, that we influence it in the, in the right way. And uh, that's why we talk so much about Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Mm. Thank you, Doc. Yeah. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Devendra. Thank you. So great to have <laughs> you all. There's another way you can influence the future of technology, and that's support us. I talked a little bit about how difficult it's getting to be an independent podcast network. We want to keep bringing you great shows like this, like Floss Weekly, Windows Weekly, Mac Break Weekly. Uh, and the, for us, I think the best way going forward, if I think about five years out, it's the club. It's supporting Twit through your direct contributions. And it's very affordable. Seven bucks a month gets you all the shows without ads. We don't need you to listen to ads if you're paying us. You get a Twit Plus feed, which includes a bunch of stuff we don't put out anywhere else, plus access to our remarkable Twit discourse, uh, Discord server, which I think is honestly the future of social. Uh, these are just all of the... Now, by the way, this week we passed 5,000 uh, members in the club. Not all of them in, in the Discord, but a good number of them. All with kind of the same interests, the same passions, people you want to talk with, you want to learn from. There are unique shows that we don't put out in public, like Hands on Windows with Paul Thorat. Micah does Hands on Macintosh. Jonathan Bennett, your co-host on Floss Weekly, does the Untitled Linux show every Saturday. That's a great show for Linux users. Uh, the Giz Fizz with Dick D. Bartolo, Stacy's Book Club. We had to put it off this week. Uh, uh, I can't remember. I guess Aunt, we, Aunt couldn't make it. So uh, we will reschedule that and we'll bring that uh, back. But those things are only available on the Twit Plus feed, and almost all of them are live. Like I think they are all live. So you can you can watch live, participate live. Uh, the club is the future of Twit, and also I think the best damn deal out there. Seven bucks a month. Find out more, twit.tv slash club. And you know what? If you've got a geek in your life, that would be an excellent gift. We do have year-long subscriptions. I think that would make an excellent gift for the holidays to come. <laughs> Just a hint. Just a hint. We do Twit every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2100 UTC. Uh, it will change, by the way, uh, after uh, in, in the U.S. we're still on summertime. But next Sunday, we will be back to standard time. We, I'm going to have to do some math now. I didn't. They told me there'd be no math. <laughs> so that we are falling back. So we're moving backwards an hour. So I think we're UTC minus eight. Is that right, John? So, yep. it, yeah. I No, he's going on. I don't know. So <laughs> It is minus eight. So it's minus eight. We're currently minus, minus seven, seven. Now it'll be minus it's eight. Gonna be then, minus, yeah. See, you can do math. You're you're a math guy. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, minus eight. I'm so, a watch. I'm a clock guy. <laughs> so it is, it is 20, was 2100. It will be 2200 UTC next week. Okay. Okay. Did you get that? You can have to do the math for your local time. 2200 UTC next week. Come by, join us. You can watch the live stream or listen. There's live audio and video. Uh, Twit.tv slash live. If you're watching live chat live, the IRC is open all day and all night to everybody, to all comers at irc.twit.tv. 
There's also, of course, the Discord for club members. After the fact, get your copy on demand, ad-supported at twit.tv or on the YouTube channel. All of our uh, ad-supported shows have YouTube channels dedicated to them. That's a great way to share content because you can easily clip it and post it uh, on Twitter or whatever. That helps us, by the way, by promoting the show. And, of course, the easiest way for most people is to subscribe. Find your favorite podcast program like Overcast or Pocket Casts or Google or Apple's podcast app and subscribe. And that way you'll get it automatically as soon as we're done here, which we will be soon. We just have to cut all the profanities out. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Have a great Halloween, by the way. Nobody yeah. wore costumes today. I wore orange. I wore orange. That's good. Yeah. And what is your so a, uh, what does your teacher say? Freedom to connect. It says freedom to connect. At David Eisenberg. It was a, it was a conference you know ten years ago, twelve years ago. That's good. It was great, great conference, but it was the right color. Now you're today. that guy that could say, "I've got t-shirts older than you." Yeah, it's good. It's good. We all right. are. I'm sad to say we all are. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Another twit. Is Take in care. Bye bye. Amazing.